Hello, friends. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by From Within Records. March 19th, From Within Records presents Reloaded and Ready for More, Seat of Pain, 300 Records, limited one-time pressing. There will also be t-shirts and posters, so please mark your calendars. And on March 19th, head over to the From Within Records Big Cartel and go pre-order yourself a record. Go pick up a t-shirt, a poster, support From Within Records, support Seat of Pain. This is very awesome. Also, on March 26th, From Within Records Showcase at the First Unitarian Church in Philly, Eco Strike, the final show, Payback, it is what it is, record release, Magnitude, Shackled, Simulacra, Worn, Seat of Pain, Burning Strong, Almighty Watching, Beskar, Off the Tracks. If you haven't picked up a ticket yet, please do yourself a favor and grab one before it's too late. And if you're not following From Within Records on social media, please go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, click that follow button and stay up to date on all the current news. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. If you're looking for high quality merch for your band, for your business, your podcast, whatever, go follow Good Fortune Printing on Instagram. You can email them at contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. They do really awesome stuff. They've printed merch for me. They will be printing merch for me in just a couple of weeks. I'm very excited to be working with them again. Great people out of Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. You can thank me later. And also just announced today, I am very pleased to announce on April 25th. It's a Monday night. I know Monday nights can be rough, but Monday, April 25th, it program in Fullerton, Last Straw, Connecticut Straight Edge, Take It to Heart, Firestarter, Major Pain. That show will be going down, and I am so excited for that. For anyone who doesn't realize how special this is, Anxious is on a full U.S. tour with Boston Manor, right? They're playing the Chain Reaction the night before April 25th, it's uh, Boston Manor, Trash Boat, Higher Power, and Anxious. And they're literally playing Chain Reaction on a Sunday, and they're staying an extra day in town to do this for all of us. So please come out, support, pay, pick up merch, support every band on the bill. This is something that I've been working on, and I want to thank um, everyone behind the scenes who helped me out. Uh, from Kyle, who did the flyer, to Kenny, who helped me secure the date, to Grady for even being open to the idea, because I know it's really um, uh, a, a crazy thing to be on a full U.S. tour, right? And, and uh, for him to to be very busy, uh, and all the other guys as well, too, to be very busy with Anxious and other projects that they have going on for them to to do this on their day off, right? To think, uh, to spend their personal time to want to do this for all of us out here. It, it just means a lot to me. So it would be really great if you just came out, show support, have fun. It's going to be an awesome night. This is the first time Last Raw has, is coming to the West Coast. So please make sure to be there and you can just thank me later. But on today's episode, we had to track down our good friend, Drew. You might remember Drew. He sang for an amazing band called Time and Pressure out of St. Louis. Uh, I had to tap in with Drew uh, for our kind of in-depth over or review 
of the Batman, which is really fun because I uh, obviously love doing all the Marvel stuff with Tyler Short. I, I love breaking down the Disney Plus series with Dan Schultz. And I didn't really have uh, any interest to do DC just because uh, the, the movies just have been subpar, if I'm being honest. But we knew that the Batman wasn't going to fail us. This was just going to be too good. So I, I reached out to Drew. I'm like, yo, when the Batman comes out, you want to do this? He was super down. And it went so great. This was uh, so much fun for me to be able to talk to someone who has great insight on the character. And it was cool to hear someone else's uh, perspective on it. And it, it was a great time because I literally went to the movie theater, drove straight home and jumped straight into this podcast. So it, it was really fun for me to be able to do this. And uh, going forward, Drew and I will uh, do the other DC movies coming out, good or bad, and we'll figure it out. So please, if you haven't seen the Batman, just know that there's a lot of spoilers. So uh, don't listen to this just yet. But if you have watched the Batman, please strap in, enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Drew Maxey to the show. podcast drew how's it going it's going how are you i legit walked out of the theater hopped in my car and drove straight home to do this podcast with you i just saw the batman and i am i i I, obviously i I saw like all the early reviews from my friends who had seen it um i had asked a couple questions and i got like uh like a really good response from everybody and then obviously the stuff that i seen online it was like really positive but still, I was blown away. I, I kind of walked out of there and I was like, damn, that was a really good movie. And I was trying to figure out why I was so impressed. But I, I think it has to do with the lack of a good Batman. Because if you think the last couple times we, we got Batman was in these like team up movies. And it just didn't really feel like the Batman that I've enjoyed growing up. So yeah. I, I think this was just a good refresher. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's it's definitely like the the last few the last few Batman like on screen Batmans that we've gotten have been like very lackluster. I mean, uh, Batman vs Superman is legitimately like I think the second worst comic book movie that i've ever seen uh the only thing that's worse is suicide squad coincidentally he's in that also Mm -hmm. uh then uh justice league it's not great no not at Uh, all Zack snyder's justice league which i think is a lot better than most people thought it was going to be uh myself included i i thought that i was gonna hate the Snyder Justice League, and I actually like it. I don't know if I would watch it again, um, but I, I I was surprised by how much I did like it. 
I just feel like they put a lot of effort into that movie again, where I was like, man, can we just move on? Yeah, well, for sure they did do that, but they needed yeah. people to. They needed a reason to get people to subscribe to HBO Max. Uh, see, I, I never look at it that way, but that is very true. Let's try to sell them on this recut. That's that's what it was. Like they knew that they knew there was no way that like people who didn't already have HBO mm-hmm. were gonna sign up for this new service. And you know, are you really getting? Are you really getting a, a return on investment if you're not getting new people signing up? So, shoot, man, that was easy for them. Give Zack Snyder a, a, a few million bucks to do some reshoots and stuff. And all of a sudden you have every person who ever said, release the Snyder cut, yeah. signing up for a new account. Now, I'm curious for someone like you who's very knowledgeable. I'm, I'm curious where you stand on this whole dc uh you know expanded universe for the movies do you want them to try to make this all-encompassing universe or are you in the camp where like okay i want them to just not try to do what marvel's doing and just stay in their own lane because it seems when they do stuff outside of this universe it's very successful but when they try to keep pumping into this universe it just feels like they keep falling into the same traps and making the same mistakes i think um no matter what they do no matter what what warner brothers does at this point um their superhero movies their dc comics movies they're going to get compared to what marvel's doing Mm. doesn't matter what they do um dc's biggest strength that they had over marvel was the idea of the multiverse because that is a dc like a multiverse is a dc uh creation essentially like in terms of superhero comics dc did that way before marvel ever did mm-hmm. um and uh i mean marvel already beat him to it in terms of like bringing it on screen dc did it with their they had a tv crossover called crisis on infinite earths um you know inspired by the the comic of the same name that brought in a lot of I don't I, do you watch any of the CW shows? No, if I'm being honest, like whenever I saw like trailers and stuff, I'm like, this just looks so low budget. And I think I tried. Which a one did lot I- of them, a lot of them are. Uh, I I can't watch any of them except for one. Okay, which uh, one? I, I really like Superman and Lois. Okay, uh, I didn't know that I was a show. It's, it's great. It's two seasons in. Um, it's on the CW, but it's okay. made by HBO. And interesting. And, uh, not a lot of people know that um, it doesn't have like an HBO budget, but has a bigger budget. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, the reason why I bring all of that up um, is just to say that like, if DC, if, 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 if Warner brothers wants to use their DC movies to make a shared universe, they should have been focusing on the multiverse from the beginning, because that gives them the creative freedom to do stuff like this movie at the same time that they're doing a movie that's going to have two other Batman characters in it, uh, in the flash, which has Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck playing Batman. Uh, at the same time, they're also doing Joker that, that whole series. Um, it gives them the freedom to do that while also kind of establishing for, 
you know, their, their audience that like, it's okay that these are happening. This is all part of a plan when, and then at the same time, give their creators the freedom to do whatever they feel is best. Um, that's how I would have approached it. But, you know, uh, we just had Peacemaker, mm-hmm. which is part of the Zack Snyder universe. And it's really good. Uh, so, spoiler, I haven't seen the show, but I saw like a little snippet online. The Justice League comes out at the end of that. Is that true? So, yeah, the Justice League are at the end mm-hmm. um, in the very last uh, in the, the very last episode. Um, and, uh, you know, like there's like a stand in for Superman and a stand in for Wonder Woman because they couldn't get the the actors to, you know, shoot that day or something. But uh, uh, Flash and Aquaman are in the scene played by uh, Ezra Miller and um, uh, Jason Momoa. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're it firmly establishes itself as like being in that universe. Uh, so they're not done with it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's too late to try to sell people on a multiverse because obviously aren't, aren't, they, aren't they tapping into it in the Flash movie coming out this yeah, year? Yeah, that's what the Flash movie is going to yeah. do. That That's going to, that's definitely going to like, I mean, it's it's supposed to be inspired by the Flashpoint comic. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that it's not terribly, like I hope that it's not like trying to follow that story to a T or anything. I hope that it's doing its own thing, but yeah. uh, you know, when, when that's over, when that movie's over, presumably there's going to be some kind of like, you know, uh, ripple effect throughout the entirety of the DC multiverse. Yeah. It should just like kind of open the floodgates kind of like how Dr. Strange did in Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, that should have been, DC should have been flexing that the whole time because there were so many people who were like when Man of Steel came out or, you know, when, when uh, they started making plans for justice league, Mm -hmm. uh, there were so many people who were just like, well, why are they recasting the flash when they have a perfectly good flash on TV? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, you know, you get into the like, well, the stuff that works on TV doesn't work for what's on movies and, and stuff like that, you know? Uh, And also there's just the idea of like giving filmmakers the freedom to do whatever they want to do instead of having to, you know, be held to some kind of continuity that, they've established in the flash TV show, which is connected to the arrow TV show, which is connected to Supergirl, which was connected to Constantine, you know, like, I don't, so then I just don't should, get how it gets so complicated TV versus, you know, movie, right? Cause you, you assume, Oh, they're just like filming shit. Right. Cause if you think like, remember they tried, Marvel, um, they tried this thing with the Inhumans. They're like, oh, first episode is going to air in theaters. It's a big deal, blah, blah, blah. Then it's going to go to TV and this is going to kind of blur the lines and show you that they could do like, you know, movie quality stuff on network television. And I just maybe somebody in there secretly hated the Inhumans because that was like the worst thing ever. Like I knew from when they announced the cast, I'm like, this is not going to work. Everybody looks like shit. but I just don't get like how it gets so complicated when it to me, like when you look at stuff like a Netflix original TV show, quote unquote, or series, whatever, it's just like this stuff is like, you know, so high quality. Like, why can't these other 
well-established networks that have been around way longer than Netflix, how come they can't produce something to this quality? I have no idea. I mean, I have no idea. Yeah. I would imagine. I mean, it's it, part of it is, of course, budget because, like, you know, a movie costs. Batman vs Superman, for example, which is a very expensive movie, was like like two hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. three hundred million maybe. It was a huge budget, ridiculously huge budget. But you only have to pay that once, and then if you do another movie down the road, another you know lump sum of money but you've already earned that money back presumably but with a tv show it's just like okay you have let's say 10 episodes Mm -hmm. uh 10 episodes per season each one of those episodes is i don't know i mean if 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 you make each episode a million dollars that's 10 million dollars and you don't know if you're ret- getting a return on your investment until uh, the the like midway through the season. But wouldn't that want to like incentivize like okay, we got to hire like top notch people. Like I, I like shows that come to mind like Game of Thrones, uh, Stranger Things, like these like high production shows that yeah they have to. Gotta, oh, go ahead. You got to remember that the people who worked on game of thrones and the people who worked on stranger things were made famous because of those things Mm -hmm. they weren't anybody before that i mean the guys who worked on game of thrones worked on like if you look at their stuff before game of thrones it sucks you know like they they like it's stuff that is known for not being good and and you know the stranger things people uh sean levy i mean he worked on stuff, but he wasn't. It wasn't anything that anybody cared about. Okay, maybe that was a bad example. Okay, let me take that back. How about like when you look at something like The Mandalorian, right? They take they take a risk. Like, okay, we're going to start this whole new Star Wars thing. We're going to do these series. They get some well established people behind it. Big budget. Mandalorian's different though, because like Star Wars comes with an established fan base. Doesn't DC Comics like arguably Superman, Batman, way more popular than any Marvel superhero? Sure, yeah, but mm-hmm. look at the one the movie they made with Superman and Batman in it mm-hmm. cost three hundred million dollars to make, and then made back like eight hundred million. I mean. Five hundred million dollars. That's to me and you. That's great. But yeah. I mean, to these you know, big budgets, yeah, it's not not really what they expected. Out among all the people who worked on those movies, that's not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So I mean, clearly, it showed that audiences audiences want to like those movies. They really do. Yeah, I remember the marketing for Batman vs Superman. That was everywhere. But for some reason. And the reason is because the movies aren't the movie wasn't very good, mm-hmm. you know. It, it and you know, I, I it, it, and it's hard not to compare the two because obviously they're you know uh, in the same lane. But when you look at a Marvel TV show, and I, I like to use Agents of Shield as a prime example because if you watch season one of Agents of Shield, you could tell they didn't really have that much faith in it. Very low budget. The CGI was yeah. pretty bad, but as it progressed and it got way more popular, it was on a big network. Was it like on ABC or NBC? I can't remember. Um, 
they started to see the viewership grow and they're like, oh, people actually really like it. So they started putting more money into it and yeah. it looked way better by the end. I think it was like the last season was like season seven. So you compare it with season one to season seven, it's way different. But when I watch, or I don't, I, 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 when I see these trailers and stuff, or like, you know, Batwoman, um, or the stuff that was on the that app that DC had, the the Teen Titans yeah. show or the Titans show or whatever. I'm like, why does this look so bad? They have a lot of money. I, I, yeah, I mean, I you would need somebody from from the entertainment industry to explain that because I I it seems like it makes sense to us. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you put money into it and then it make it look good. People watch it, but there's something. It also like comes down to like, you know, their special effects client when, you know, the, the, the masters of special effects, like the gold standard is industrial light and magic. Well, Disney acquired that when they bought Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. So like now the Warner brothers, you know, anything made by Warner brothers, they're not going to pay their competitor to make something for them. Yeah. So like they got to go try to find new talent. Start yeah, something they'll, new. Go, they'll go to like Weta or uh, or, uh, you know, somebody else. But OK, yeah. uh, we haven't talked about the movie yet, but uh, the beginning before the movie started, they, they did a little preview of what's to come in 2022 for these DC. Yeah, it's the, they showed that at uh, during the Super Bowl, I think. I think that's uh, that's where it was first shown. I didn't watch um, it. Where you you get that you get that look at like you know the Rock as Black Adam, mm-hmm. and you get to see like uh, Hawkman and and Adam Smasher and uh, you know some um, uh, Pierce Brosnan as as Doctor Fate, uh, you know showing off the the Justice Society, uh, which is for somebody like me, that's way more of a draw for that movie mm-hmm. than the Rock as Black Adam. Like the fact that they're going to do the Justice Society in like live action, that's wild to me, which they've already done before a little bit. Uh, they did some in Smallville, which I've, I've never seen. I just know they did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also um, the Justice Society is really important to Stargirl, uh, which is a TV show that I actually do watch, uh, despite it being one of those cheesy CW shows. Mm-hmm. Um but the fact that they're like going to do it like big budget, like an actual version of the JSA in a film, that's really exciting for me. I was really excited with the those because uh, that was my first time seeing because I didn't watch it during the Super Bowl. I loved the new the new snippets for the Flash movie. I'm like, oh, this actually this was like to me like their last hope because I'm like, all right. Uh, I'm oh, over, yeah. I was like, I'm over Aquaman until they get rid of Amber Heard. I, I don't want to watch it. I'm anti Amber Heard. Uh, shout out Johnny Depp. Uh, and then the cyborg film. Is that even still happening? I haven't heard anything no, about that. No, they're not going to do cyborg. Um, it seems like they're putting. Uh, yeah, they're, they're not going to do cyborg. They're they're There's too much. Basically, uh, there's there's way too much drama there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I, I remember him uh, getting mixed up and saying some stuff and calling people out. But uh, OK, th- th- that makes sense. But, uh, but yeah, like ne- their next stuff. I mean, other than like those movies they've announced, mm-hmm. they'll do a Wonder Woman, a, th- a third Wonder Woman movie. Jeez. Let's, uh, end it. Let's end it. One, the ninth was 1984 or whatever. That was trash. 1984 was not good. Uh, 
the first one's great. I watched yeah. the first one the day before 1984 came out, which I think it came out on Christmas. So I watched it Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. Ruined my which Christmas. Is the first time, it was the first time I had seen it. Wow. Uh, since it was in theaters. Okay. Okay. And like, oh man, this movie is really like it, I had to remind myself how good it was. They told a really great story on on that they, superhero, like just to, for like an introduction for people who may not have been familiar. They did, except I take so much issue with the ending to it that like it almost like kind of makes me not want to watch it all the way through every time. Okay. But like, uh, Wait, I'm, I'm curious, what's your issue with the ending? You can't just drop that but, bomb and try to move on. So my issue with the ending is that the whole movie, Diana keeps being like, this is Ares. This is Ares. Ares is making this war happen. Ares is making these people kill each other. Ares is making all this hate in Europe. Mm-hmm. It would have been so much better if it was just like, no, that's just how people are. And it wasn't Ares the whole time. Like it, 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 she should have, she should have learned that like, yeah, the world of men is messed up. Yeah. But now you're here like to protect us and to save us, you know? And I think that would have been way more effective than having, you know, Oh, look, the general was Aries the whole time, mm-hmm. you know? For sure. I, I would have liked that. Yeah. More of a kind of like this realization that, yeah, we're doomed and uh, try to guide us to the light and try to do your best, but it's, it's definitely gonna be a rough road. Um, but yeah, now you're bringing back all my, like how pissed off I was <laughs> Christmas, like Christmas day. I'm like sitting here at, at home and I uh, watched 1984 and I'm like, this movie sucks. <laughs> I I remember at the time I was just like, when it was done, I was like, oh, that movie was pretty good. It wasn't as good as the first one. And then like the more I thought about it, I was just like, nope, that movie wasn't very good. But if I'm remembering back correctly, I feel like that was one of those movies that had suffered from such a long buildup and so many pushbacks because of the pandemic. I think some people just got tired of like seeing it. And then when it came out, it obviously it's hard to live up to any kind of hype. And when it uh, you know has like this weird storyline and like is yeah. I just I just didn't like it. And uh, I I'm I'm happy that I watched it, so obviously I can have my own opinion on it. But it's just like, how yeah. do they just fumble the ball? It's like because I I was I walked I I'm not even a Wonder Woman fan, right? So when I watched the first movie and I walked out of there, I was like, wow, that was actually really good. I was like, okay, this could be that pillar that they need to to keep this whole uh, new DC comic book movie thing going. And then the second one, like, it wasn't like the worst movie, right? It's not worse than Suicide Squad, like the the, the first yeah. one. Uh, but it was just like, damn, like, it feels like they just took a step back. So I'm hoping, yeah, what the, the, the next one that it, they can like kind of just bring it back and make it good again. Yeah. And I, I, I hope that they will, you know, they, they, one of the problems with, with Warner brothers is that like every few, every few movies that like, since these DC movies have started coming out, basically since man of steel, they've had some kind of change in leadership their presidents and their ceos and and people like uh creative officers keep getting moved around Mm -hmm. and so like i don't know it it, hopefully it seems like now they're at a place where they're like okay everything's stable let's just uh let's 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 kind of course correct here okay and but before we actually jump into the movie i kind of want to start with Ben Affleck, right? He yeah. was he was lined up to do 
what was supposed to be this movie, right? I'm not like this exact script, but right, he was supposed to be the next solo Batman movie. There was yeah. like, wasn't there um, that test footage with Deathstroke that that, yeah, came, that came out, and then yeah, there, there was the test stroke with or te- test stroke. There was the test footage with Deathstroke, mm-hmm. um, like the where they were just kind of like making sure that the uh, the costume looked good on film and stuff like that. Um, there was the tease at the end of uh, at the end of Justice League. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Joe Manganiello uh, as uh, Deathstroke. Which, by the way, Joe Manganiello, uh, if I had my way, purely looks, I don't think he's a terrible actor, but like purely look-wise, um, my Superman and Batman movie would have been John Hamm as Superman okay. and Joe Manganiello as Batman. Like, I think that would have been perfect. Uh, it just in terms of looks, mm-hmm. we can get into like whether or not they actually have the acting chops for it at a different time. But, but where did it all fall apart for Ben Affleck? Right. Because for people who may not know, he's like a legit like Batman fan. He reads the comic books. He. Like... Oh, yeah. He's he's a big geek. I mean, mm-hmm. the reason he did Daredevil is because like they offered him Daredevil, you know, like, yeah. is he and Kevin Smith used to, you know, read the Frank Miller daredevil stuff when they were kids and like, dude, this is crazy. Yeah, I know, man, you know? And yeah, I mean, uh, he, he, as far as I know, I mean, he's, he's a pretty big fan of Mm -hmm. superheroes and comics and specifically daredevil and Batman. Um, so I don't know the whole story. I don't really, you know, I like to keep up with like what, movies are being made and what movies are coming out and stuff like that mm-hmm. but i also i don't keep up with like celebrity gossip and stuff like that so from my understanding is that like uh he kind of saw the backlash that came from batman versus superman but he's already contractually obligated to do justice league and then like Zack snyder's daughter killed herself and Zack Snyder left Justice League because of that. They brought in Joss Whedon, and apparently everybody had a hard time working with Joss Whedon on that set. Couple that with the fact that like Ben Affleck's going through a divorce, he's dealing with alcoholism, and he's also like being told you you, you were the worst Batman since George Clooney. Mm-hmm. You know, like he just didn't want to do it, like. He's he said multiple times that like he didn't want to do Justice League, but he had to. Mm-hmm. And so like uh, came down to it. I'm sure that like he had made the decision and he had told Warner Brothers that he wasn't going to return to direct that movie and play Batman again way before it was actually announced. But, you know, they they knew that him saying that might hurt uh, Justice League's uh, uh, uh box office returns so yeah i I read an article where ben affleck and uh, jeff johns had presented the script to matt reeves and and he read through the script and he he, you know made the comment that it was a valid story for batman but it wasn't the story that he wanted to tell yeah he compared it to a james bond movie yeah yeah which Um, which i think is pretty awesome for him to to not just you know jump at the opportunity to do something like batman because it's a pretty big opportunity right even though the last couple outings haven't been that great but if you go back to like the dark knight trilogy it was 
pretty huge. So just to have that opportunity to do a Batman film. Uh, but I just think it was really awesome that he just turned it down because it wasn't what he wanted to do, you know, since, it, but you know, it was a great opportunity. Um, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm just curious, like how he, or excuse me, how Ben Affleck, um, you know, enjoyed the Batman film. Cause like for, I haven't talked to a Batman fan who didn't enjoy this movie because it was seriously great from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, I, I would also be interested. Of course, he's going to say he liked it because mm-hmm. that's just how people in Hollywood talk. Unless you're Sam Elliott talking about uh, uh, that cowboy movie that he thinks is too gay or something. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know yeah. if you saw that. But... Yeah, I saw that. Um, okay, uh, so Ben Affleck's out. Matt Reeves you know, comes in. Uh, it was announced that Robert Pattinson is going to be... Yeah, which he wrote the script for Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, not knowing if Robert Pattinson would ever want to do it, which is a bold move because that's a big deal to write something. I think uh, that's a really cool move. Um, and, and also, I remember when it was announced, and people were talking so much shit about Robert Pattinson being, uh, you know, the new Batman, and it, it just gave me flashbacks to when, um, Heath Ledger got casted as Joker. The same yeah. thing. People were talking shit, but I'm like, dude, like I get it. You, you may not be a fan of the actor. You, you might think they might ruin the legacy of the character, but can't we just take a step back and wait until we see it? Because this is before the movie was even, you know, starting to have been filmed. That people are already trashing I, I it. Mean, people. One of my biggest complaints about like the the geek community, the nerd community, whatever, mm-hmm. is that um, people equate complaining about something with meaning you know a lot about it uh-huh. uh so like they'll take every chance they get to like oh that's stupid that means i know that means i know what a good one is you know stuff like that uh and yeah they do it preemptively all the time it's before the movie even comes out it's before you even say see anything i remember when ben affleck was cast like they announced that that affleck was playing uh playing batman People know that I'm a huge Batman fan, so they were reaching out to me and be like, dude, doesn't that suck? Aren't you mad about that? Like, and my reaction was just like, yeah, let's wait till we see, you know, it's not who I would think, but Mm -hmm. like, let's wait till we see the movie. Then they released like what the costume looks like. And I was just like, dude, I'm all for this. And of course, then the movie fell flat. But Mm -hmm. like, you know, you can't make that decision. You can't make an assumption based on casting news yeah i had to tap into my friends who like love movies you know who watch all different types who are way more knowledgeable about it and obviously i'd seen twilight so that was like my knowledge of robert panson so i was like hey um, you guys think he's a good actor like how do you think he's gonna fare and people are like no this guy can act like yeah he's fantastic yeah and and then if if you haven't seen good time and if you haven't seen the lighthouse those should be like at the top of the list of movies for you to see. He's great in Tenet too, but Tenet's not very good. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I don't think it's very good at all. I love Christopher Nolan. I think that's his worst movie. Interesting. You know, I watched Tenet twice, right? So I'm uh, going back to the pandemic. Theaters closed. They opened. The one movie I saw was Tenet, and then theaters closed again, and then they, they reopened for a short period of time, and I watched Tenet again. And... It was it was okay. It, I, I, I'm not gonna like you know uh, fight for it, but I, I watched it. And I'm like, I hope I'm like you know consuming this the right way because I think I know what's going on. But it was yeah, I I, I, I yeah, it was fine. 
Yeah, I, I just I think that it's terribly boring when it shouldn't be because it's a movie that has Robert Pattinson and John David Washington as the two leads. Mm-hmm. And that should never be boring. Yeah. But hey, you know, what, what, who am I? Just a, just a guy who who loves Christopher Nolan. OK. All right. Well, let's jump into the movie. Finally, we're let's we're, talk about Bat- the Batman. I think they did a really great job in the very beginning to kind of set the tone and let people know, like, hey, this isn't going to be the Batman that you've seen before. Like, you know, because because you know, you got to think the last Batmans that they remember are what popped up in uh, Justice League, uh, Batman vs Superman, the little stint in Suicide Squad, which was a little more colorful, a little more friendly. But right out the gate, they're kind of remind you, like, hey, this is being a little darker. Even when they're showing the the bat signal, like this is like you know, like also like not just a call for help, but a a sign of fear for all the people doing bad in the city. I think it's interesting that you say that like the, the Affleck Batman was more friendly. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause I, I disagree. I think that the Affleck Batman, like I guess in justice league, he's trying, but like Batman versus Superman, he's like ruthless uh, to the point where I find it boring. Like I, I didn't think they did anything interesting with that version of the character by being like, dude, you know, what's cool, Batman killing people, you know, like that's, that's not interesting. Um, so for me, like, I thought that this was kind of like course correction in the sense that it was just like, we're going to give you the dark Batman that you, that you wanted Mm -hmm. because everybody wants a dark Batman, except for like a small amount of people who, who are like, just give us, just give us like, you know, silver age Batman, just give us the goofy comic book Batman, give me friendly dad, Batman, stuff like that. You know, there, there are people who want that. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. Uh, but to me, this was them saying, we're going to give you that, but this time it's going to have purpose. And it does have purpose this time. It very much has purpose, um, which we can, I mean, I'm assuming we're going to talk spoilers on this. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. If they haven't seen the movie by now, uh, sorry, uh, go figure it out. But. Yeah, I definitely appreciated uh, like you know the way that they set the tone because yeah, I appreciate this style of Batman way more because I I feel like you get to see his like internal struggle versus like because yeah. people look at oh Bruce Wayne he's just like uh, this uh, you know rich uh, you know kid who lost his parents yeah whatever but like when you see him without his mask on like he has his, his makeup's all messed up his hair's messed up and I'm like okay cool they're showing you right right out of the bat that this isn't just some pretty boy when he's not in the suit like. He's definitely going through some shit. Yeah. I, and that's for me, what makes Batman the most interesting is what, what really what, what I care about with superheroes is um, first and foremost, internal struggle. Uh-huh. Secondly, um, secondly, which this movie had also was um, how the world around them is shaped by them and vice versa. Uh-huh. Um, and then third, uh, what they represent. And for me, like those are the big three. Like if if you're making a good superhero story, you touch on all three of those. Um, and this this movie does that very much. All three of those things. Um, 
And we do get to see, like, you get to see a different version of Bruce Wayne than we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. We're used to seeing every superhero has three sides to them. Unless, well, most superheroes have three sides to them. Okay, I'm curious to hear about those three sides. So the, the first is who they really are. Mm-hmm. That's the, the, the version of themselves, like how they see themselves, how they present themselves when they don't have to put on an act. There's the like superhero persona. And then there's the public persona. So like, for example, Superman has three personas. He has Clark Kent, the bumbling idiot who could never be important, who's so plain and so uninteresting that you can look at him and look right past him, which is really the disguise. That's it's not the glasses. You know, Mm -hmm. that's why nobody sees him as Superman is because they don't see him at all. Then you have Superman, the symbol of hope uh, who, you know, always does the right thing, who stands tall and is confident and stands up to bullies. Um, And then you have the third persona, which with Superman, we're very, we can give that a third name, um, uh, which is like Kal-El. Mm-hmm. He, he has three names. You know, you got yeah. Clark Kent, you got Superman, you got Kal-El. Kal-El is the version of Superman when nobody's around, when he doesn't have to be the bumbling idiot, idiot but he also doesn't have to pretend he has all the answers. The guy who doesn't have to inspire hope in people, you know, the guy who's just like, okay, where did I mess up today? Or the guy who thinks, who didn't I save today? Like, how could I have saved that person? And I think that's the true, that's the truest version of Superman. That's who he is. And that's who, you know, when he's married to Lois, that's who his wife sees him as. Um, this one is interesting because this movie removes the public persona of Bruce Wayne, the playboy. Mm -hmm. Um, It's such a big deal when he does go out in public because people are so used to him being like reclusive up in his, uh, uh, you know, in, in his mansion or whatever, stuck in Wayne Manor. That's where they think he is. He doesn't have any involvement with Wayne Enterprises. He's not working with the charities. They call that out to him several Mm -hmm. times. Uh, he's they've removed the they've removed the misdirect essentially because bruce wayne the playboy the 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 billionaire the guy who's buying restaurants so that his you know supermodel girlfriends can swim in the pool that's the misdirect that's the guy who you know you look at him and think oh that guy could never be the vigilante who's like putting his life on the line to try to help people you know and that 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 provides a challenge to not just the characters in the story and the writers, but it pro- provides a challenge to the audience because now we have to figure out a different way that people don't know that he's Batman. Mm-hmm. And their way of doing that was like, oh, well, yeah, he never leaves his house. He's just a guy who's so committed to being Batman that he doesn't feel the need to interact with the public. He doesn't feel the need to like go see people and go, you know, 
make friends and date supermodels and stuff like that. He's not even interested in, in dating of any kind at all, uh, which is a departure from the comics because Batman, like, I mean, let's not beat around the bush. Batman gets around. Yeah, he's got to get it in. He's got to get that nut, you know? Dude, and he does. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine it's very easy for someone like him. But I, I really like that... Um, uh, throughout the movie, we got to see like two sides of that coin, right? Uh, Bruce Wayne and uh, Batman with that one particular uh, police officer. Uh, I think his name was Martinez. You, you see it for the first yeah. time when he's like walking into the, the very first crime scene where, where the mayor gets killed and he's with uh, uh, James Gordon and the, you know, Martinez stops him. He's like, oh, he's like, you can't go in there. And then obviously he gets checked and then you see him kind of be nasty to like, you know, about Batman calling him a freak. But then when he sees him as Bruce Wayne the, the, the first time, he's like super respectful and very polite. Hey, Mr. Wayne, you know, like. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, wow, this is that same motherfucker. And he doesn't know that it's the same person. And it's just like, wow. Which it's, is, it's so cool that they use, one of my favorite things that they did throughout this movie is use the different personas, like show, to, to show the contrast of the two different personas and how that's the second thing how the world around them is shaped by them. Mm -hmm. So you get Batman knocking on a door of a nightclub going, do you know who I am? And they're kind of just like, eh. But when Bruce Wayne does it, it they're, they're stunned. Mm -hmm. Like, and you know, you get that, that moment kind of plays out the same, but different both, you know, it happens three times really, but mm -hmm. like both times that, you know, I'm talking about where Batman knocks on the door the guy opens it up and says, do you know who I am? And then he closes it and goes and gets his brother. And then the, he kind of, you know, yeah, get a load of this guy kind of moment. Yeah. But when he does it as Bruce Wayne, the guy goes and gets his brother as if to say, dude, you got to see who's at the front door. <laughs> you yeah. know, and he I really liked that. Yeah. And the first time he has to get in with violence and the second time, no violence. He just walks right in. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was great uh, to get to see that little that little parallel happen. I've only seen the movie once so mm -hmm. far. So like there are things that mm -hmm. when when I watch a movie for the first time, um, I don't pick up on most things. Mm -hmm. um, it's I've not until, most people. I, it's not until I see it a second time that mm -hmm. like like major plot points, you know, stick but like the details really aren't there uh so if there's like stuff that i'm missing sorry <laughs> it's but. okay i like i'm not perfect i literally just stepped out of theater and jumped into this but gotham obviously didn't get the hashtag stop asian hate the asian dude in the beginning is about to get jumped and i'm like damn why they gotta do the asian people like that because uh, obviously i'm asian so i gotta you know uh, shout out my brothers and sisters yeah. but it, it was it, I thought it was clear that Batman was there to stop this guy from getting beat up. But once Batman, uh, you know, beats up all the guys with the face paint, they scurry off. And then the Asian dude's just laying there and he's like, please don't hurt me. And then, it, and then that's the end of that scene. But I'm like, why would the guy even think Batman was going to hurt him when he was clearly you know, showing up to save you from getting beat up? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I mean, I guess that that would be. Uh, uh, kind of a question of like better world building mm -hmm. um because maybe like i don't know maybe the the media 
is like presenting Batman as if he's just like crazy and hurting everyone. Mm-hmm. Not not doing good. He's just this guy. He's just anybody in sight's uh, going to get socked up. Or maybe maybe I mean it is only year two. We don't know that guy's. Uh, uh, we don't know how much that guy watches the news. Yeah, uh, he never seen Batman before. And I'm glad that that you mentioned year two because I was so thankful that we didn't have to kind of tap into any origin story, right? It's like, okay, Batman's been around. We've seen so much of this. I hate seeing his parents get killed. I'm happy that it was like, all right, cool. Like we're just going to skip ahead. um, And you should be familiar by now. And if not go figure it out because like shit's about to pop off. So I really enjoyed that. They started it at that point. I saw somebody on Reddit um, in like the movie discussion stuff Mm -hmm. uh, mention that the Batman feels like the sequel to a movie that nobody ever saw, but in a good way. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I can get, get behind that. Cause, and, and I, I, yeah, I, I definitely like kind of agree after hearing that, that description. Yeah. Cause for, you know, people like me and you who've read Batman, who've watched a lot of Batman, who we have knowledge, right? So yeah. when these people are coming on screen, we're familiar. We're not like, oh, who's that? Like, why are they here? Like, what are they gonna do? But like, we're so familiar with these characters. Like, um, like they didn't like the fact that they didn't have to explain all that. Yeah, I, I, I love that. That this is a sequel to uh, this movie that doesn't exist. There's also stuff too, like, and I think this 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 kind of plays into um, the movie is obviously presenting itself as very grounded and realistic, but mm-hmm. it's also not afraid to like be a comic book movie. And there are like comic booky elements to it that uh, like I was kind of surprised to see, like the fact that they straight up call Oswald Cobblepot the penguin, mm-hmm. like without having the, you know, there's no moment where like, oh, yeah, people call him the penguin. They just call him the penguin, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they didn't do that silly kind of like realistic approach where they try to like justify why he has that name they just let the movie do it for us Mm -hmm. uh riddler calls himself the riddler they never they never say catwoman never which i thought was interesting yeah they just call her by her her, okay now i I should ask that's something that i missed how did uh you know batman know her name he saw her mail Oh, okay. See, that's where because when he was looking at the, like the the past due letter, I thought that was to to Annie, her friend. So I didn't even realize no, that. It's, looked, it, it it has her name in the top corner. Okay, all right. It's, it's addressed to her, uh, and so like when he says it, she kind of like turns around. You can see that moment where she's like, "Oh, does he know my name?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. See, okay. All right. Yeah. See that that went over my head. Okay, but that makes sense. And a shout out to Zoe Kravitz. So beautiful. She's she is. You know how there are actors, like characters who are forever associated with an actor? Like, mm-hmm. y- you'll never see another Iron Man. I know, because everybody thinks of Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do see another Iron Man, it won't be for years from now. No, we got uh, uh, Tom Cruise coming up. Yeah, but that's not <laughs> really. Iron yeah, he's Man. not the Iron Man, but I get it right. But you get what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. if that even happens, I don't know if that's actually going to happen. But. No, yeah, there, there was the the, uh, the photos that were leaked from him on set. Mm. Uh, all right, all right. I, I see. I'm sold. Maybe I'm buying into the wolf tickets, but all right. but uh, but yeah. I mean, it, it's. 
I think that Zoe Kravitz is the same way that like anytime someone is going to play the Joker, now people are going to like think of Heath Ledger. Mm -hmm. I think that anyone who plays Catwoman is for the rest of forever going to be compared to Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. You you know, watching that movie, they didn't have to convince me like her cadence, just like everything about her. I'm like, wow, this just fits so perfect. Yeah. She, the, the one thing that this, I mean, I think the one thing this movie did better than anything else was just establishing Gotham and its inhabitants. Which like, and that that includes all the all the major characters, but it also includes the small characters too. And like Zoe Kravitz is part of that because she, like, uh, you you said it. You didn't have to be convinced. Mm-hmm. She walks the way that Catwoman walks. Mm-hmm. She disappears into like. You know, when she puts on a different wig, she kind of becomes a different person. She becomes that person the same way the Catwoman like uses theatrics and and disguises. Uh, yeah, it's great. Um, one of my favorite world building bits that they did that I also think is very you know kind of plays into the comic booky thing um, was the drug like drops. Mm-hmm. Um, and calling people dropheads, mm-hmm. they didn't like. There was no point in that movie where they explained what that is, where it comes from. I mean, I guess they did show it being manufactured, but like, yeah. But where do they get the ingredients and shit? You know, it feels like that's a thing from a move from a previous movie. Mm-hmm. But we don't need to know that stuff. Yeah. All they have to do is say dropheads, and you immediately know everything you need to know about what what that means you know and i i thought that that was great it reminded me of when you're uh so like i don't know how many of your listeners don't know but uh we've talked about it several times on the you know three this is now the third this is now the fourth time Mm -hmm. i've been on the show yeah uh uh we talked about me being a teacher uh, I teach, uh, I teach Watchmen with my seniors and we're doing Watchmen right now. Um, it reminded that the whole drophead thing reminded me so much of when they use the term not tops in Watchmen, or they talk about KT 28s, not tops are a gang. KT 28s are a drug. They're never explained. It's never explicitly told to us. These are what they are. It's just those words. You use the context to figure it out. And that's the world that we exist in, you know, mm-hmm. and and it was perfectly executed. 100 percent. Yeah, because they didn't have to go into the whole intricacies of what the drug does or anything. You just know, like when you yeah. see it for the first time in the that private room with, uh, you know, Batman, Penguin and Selena Kyle, when she's you know giving him the money and then he's you know handing over the drugs like Batman, you kind of just realize, oh, OK, this is like a like a drug exchange. She's delivering drugs to to people in the club. And then, yeah, and then you see some people in the orphanage and then, yeah, I I feel like uh, they just did like they just showed it the perfect amount. Like it wasn't too much. and It wasn't too little. And and it's in the background constantly because there's like uh, graffiti all around Gotham. That's like Mm -hmm. uh, anti-drug, like anti-drug messaging or something like that. Um, Kind of spray painted all over the place with like the, the, you know, the, the drop head mascot looking thing. Uh, with like the Ghostbuster, you know, 
cross uh, crossed out over it. Um, you got the the guy at the very beginning who's like robbing the store is wearing the drop head. Oh, uh, that's a. Mask. <laughs> I thought that was just like a deformed pumpkin. <laughs> it kind of looks like it. Right? No, that makes sense. Oh, he was a drop. Oh, okay, God. See, see, that's connecting. See, I, I, I thought it was just a cool, um, you know, like alt pumpkin uh, mask. I, yeah, I thought so too until I noticed like how many of those like, uh, uh you know drop head buskers mm. are just spray painted all throughout Gotham, which that's another thing. Gotham. This is the first Gotham that feels like its own city, like distinctly its own city mm. in a very long time. Um, okay. Wait, I, I, I just want to put a pause on that real quick. I, 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 I can't let this get away. Uh, going back to uh, uh, Selena Kyle real quick. Love everything about her except for her mask it, she had this weird beanie that she would just oh, I wear love, i love the mask you I love it. it i hate it because like her suit looks so professional but then she's just wearing a beanie over her head couldn't like why did she skimp out on the mask when her whole suit was amazing like she couldn't afford the mask she spent it all on the suit okay i, I can't argue that okay martin thanks thanks for the simple explanation now it makes way I, more sense I, I mean it's it's i don't think that her suit was really that i don't think that it was anything special it was probably just something that she could get from a prop store or something mm -hmm. like that um you know we know gotham has a military supply store uh because of the riddler so mm -hmm. okay something like that but but yeah the i mean the the mask was just that was all she needed was just to cover that but she's also dirt poor so like she doesn't she's oh, so poor. true she, yeah she's so poor she she can't afford to pay her electric bill yeah, she she had to rob her her own dad to get the money that she didn't feel like she was owed. Okay, all right, okay, all right. Jumping back to to you're talking about Gotham. I hundred percent, I hundred percent agree. Because if you go back to um, even like the Dark Knight trilogy, I just felt like that. Like this, this doesn't really look like. Yeah, anything. and 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 I think that those were. I mean, Batman Begins kind of has it a little bit, mm -hmm. but they made a conscious choice to like make Gotham feel like it could be anywhere, you know, yeah. like, you know, and, and I think that there's an effectiveness in that, but this one, they decided to go the other route, not quite all the way to Tim Burton, where it feels like, you know, the only place you'll see this Gotham is in line at six flags, but like they made it feel like a city that could exist, but it is distinctly Gotham by some of the stuff that you see, like the graffiti uh, around there um, the lighting, uh, uh, the, the, the rain, the fog, the atmosphere, like it felt like this was Gotham city. It definitely gave me serious vibes. Like, cause like, I'm not sure if you ever played any of like the, the Arkham games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, this, this is like, you know, this could be like one of those settings. Cause obviously oh, yeah. I, I yeah, felt like those sure. games were amazing and they did like a perfect job telling like, you know, Batman story. So when I saw the setting for this movie, I was like, Dude, this is so awesome because obviously like definitely gave me like New York vibes, right? With like the Times Square, but it was like, you know, then they had the um, uh, the mock arena to be like uh, Madison Square Garden. I forgot what they called it. Um, but yeah, Gotham Square Garden. Oh, there you go. Gotham Square Garden. Um, they just did a brilliant job of just creating that city and giving it like the actual feel of like, you know, the things that I read in like all the comic books that I've read. So I like applaud them for that because to me, that's really important when, when they have it and, and they make you feel 
um, you know, the, the struggle that the city is going through, right? Because there's like this power struggle and there's like this change that's trying to or that these people are trying to make, but it's like they have all these obstacles to get through. So it, it was a really great job on their part to, to you know be able to create a real Gotham City. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. It, it, it was um, it was like equal parts like it felt very modern, mm-hmm. but it also has kind of like that old uh uh that old feel to it you know like gotham's an old city in the united states yeah and i i do like that they kind of like make the whole like time setting like a little more modern because obviously with the the mentions of social media uh, i was like okay that, that that's a cool way to in- incorporate it and not like too cheesy or nothing like corny i don't know if you remember uh for years when they like first kind of announced this movie uh, since they said like it was going to be, you know, like the second year of Batman, everyone was convinced this movie was going to take place in the nineties. Everyone like places were reporting it. People were commenting it that like, a- as if it were fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we see like the, the technology that's in this movie and clearly it does not take place in the nineties, which I thought was great. I, I was yeah. kind of worried that it was going to take place in the nineties. Not that I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily, mm-hmm. but uh, I want to see Batman using like cutting edge technology, like cameras that fit in your contact lens. You know, that was awesome. But but I, I like too that it wasn't like the most advanced tech, right? Because like even though he had these cameras and these um, contact lens, it wasn't the best video quality. And then right. even like even he didn't get like too crazy with his gadgets either, right? He had like a grappling hook. He I, what he uses battering once that I can remember went to, yeah, to, I mean, he doesn't even really have a batarang. It's just more so like he has the little blade that comes out of his chest. Mm-hmm. And, and then he used like a taser. Uh, so yeah. I was like, all right, cool. Like they didn't like, you know, bombard him with all these like, uh, wacky gadgets. He just had like a few simple things that were very effective. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I'm sure that now the way the movie ends uh, he realizes that like he needs to be more present in the city. Uh, I'm assuming that he is going to, uh, he's going to kind of carry that over to the Bruce Wayne persona. We are going to get that third, that public persona of Bruce Wayne, um, where he is actually a part of his company, which means that he's going to have more access to technology. So I think the second movie, we're going to see like uh, a lot of gadgets, presumably what they'll do is they'll make him have a lot of gadgets and then they'll get taken away from him and he'll have to rely on, uh, uh, you know, like his, his, his wit and his intellect as well as his physical prowess, uh, in a way that he's not used to anymore. I mean, that's to me, that would be the natural progression of things. And have they officially announced like a continuance for Matt Reeves and Batman? Because obviously it would make a lot of sense. They should be throwing boatloads of money at this guy for how successful this movie has been. I, I'm pretty sure that like the goal from the beginning was to do a trilogy. They just never really officially announced it. But mm-hmm. I mean, a second movie is, uh, as far as I know, is announced. Yeah, because I, I saw uh, Matt Reeves speaking in some interviews that uh, he would like to do like a grounded Mr. Freeze. Uh, obviously, yeah, I would love that there are a lot of options when it comes to you know batman and like all the villains that he's gone up against so i'm curious to I'm see i'm telling you i'm telling you i was joking about it on the internet today okay if matt reeves called me up right now said listen 
This, this is me on the phone with Matt Reeves. Okay. I got him on speed dial. He says, listen, Drew, we're going to do your villain idea, but you have to cut off your big toe and send it to us. Dude, I'm walking funny for the rest of my life. And then the next movie is going to have the ventriloquist and Scarface in it. That's who they need to have in a live action movie. I want that so badly. Mm-hmm. I would Warner Brothers is cowards. I was going to say, I would love to see them kind of stray and do some of because, yeah, the, the villains we've seen on the big screen, those aren't his only villains. Uh, yeah. So I, I would like to see them like, you know, do something a little more obscure so that they could to, to grow that roster of characters that they can tap into because because it's accessible, excuse me, as successful as this movie has been, like let Matt Reeves take some chances, let him, uh, you know, pull, uh, you know, from these different sources um, if he wants to. But, you know, Mr. Freeze, I wouldn't be mad at it, but it would be cool to see uh, some villains that we haven't seen on the big screen before. Yeah, I think and uh, I mean, Batman, let's be real. Batman has the best rogues gallery in all of comics. Spider-Man's a close number two. Mm hmm. But Batman has the best villains. Yeah, because just the so many the variety is, is amazing. Um, so many that he could work with. Uh, yeah, I I I definitely agree because so like trust me, I've kind of tossed around like my favorite superheroes, Iron Man, and people and I like friends and I have talked about like what are the villains that he could have gone up against in like certain movies, and it's just like yeah, we got to get a little wacky, or we got to bring yeah. in some other superheroes to make things interesting and make sense. But yeah, no, I I definitely agree with the um, Batman and Spider Man. Yeah, I mean, I, who, if you make another Superman movie, who's the villain? Oh, uh, it's Lex Luthor again. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong, I think Lex Luthor's a great villain. Oh, but he's one of my favorite villains of all time. Like, I, I loved him so much that in, like, the Injustice games, uh, uh, even Mortal Kombat versus DC, I, I was like, I gotta use Lex Luthor. So I taught myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor is a great villain because. Uh, I wrote. Years ago, when I was teaching myself how to write comics, mm-hmm. uh, I started off, I wrote uh, like a short of Bat, uh, Superman and Lex Luthor. Um, and it was uh, basically like Lex Luthor had like trapped Superman. And he was monologuing the whole time. And uh, basically it came down. There was there was this moment where uh, Lex Luthor says to Superman, do you know why I beat you? Like, do you know why I win every time, even when you think you've defeated me? And it, he says, uh, because you believe that there is good in every human and you came to this earth to uh 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 you you know you came to this earth and decided that you were going to protect everybody because you knew that there was good in all of them but when you look at me you see that you're wrong and so his he says to him your superpower you think that humans don't have superpower I have the power to make a God doubt himself and you don't. And like, to me, that's, that's Lex Luthor. That's why he's such a great villain. Mm -hmm. 
is because he like there's there's a little bit of like kind of truth to that 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 superman does kind of think that that lex is beyond saving and if lex is beyond saving then that means that maybe other people are beyond saving and if there are if anyone is beyond saving then that means that superman kind of fails yeah so what's his purpose exactly and if superman has no purpose on earth then why is he here you know that's why that's why lex is a great villain but i don't want to see lex luther on the big screen again because i know what they're going to do they're going to give him a real estate scheme I really enjoyed Jesse Eisenberg, or maybe oh. I, I'm just a Jesse Eisenberg fan, but I was on I board. I like Jesse Eisenberg too. I don't like him in that movie. Okay. Um, not because of him. I don't. I just don't like the way that they wrote Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you who should be the next Superman villain in okay. whatever live action thing. It's Mongol. Mongol would be so good, but like nobody knows who mongol is so they don't want to touch him now i'm uh, curious uh you know we'll get back to batman in a second but where are they with superman is uh henry cavill is he gone is he done Um, i don't think he's officially gone he might i'm sure i'm sure that he's just like like in negotiations Mm -hmm. to to return in some way but he's so busy because like i know he's doing yeah the witcher which is very successful he was in Mission Impossible six mm-hmm. um, and that movie is awesome. So like it's going to open him up to more action roles and stuff like that. So, I mean, who knows? I know that Warner Brothers has two uh, uh, Superman projects in the works. Um, they have their live action movie, mm-hmm. they have their, their, their theatrical movie. Uh, that's being produced by J.J. Abrams and written by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Uh, I'm really excited for that. That's an awesome team. Um, Ta-Nehisi Coates writing Superman has me very excited. Uh, and then uh, they want to do the Val Zod uh, HBO Max movie or possibly miniseries uh, that's going to be produced by Michael B. Jordan. Um, and then, of course, they have like a Supergirl uh some kind of Supergirl anyway, mm-hmm. uh, uh, who's going to be in the Flashpoint movie. So like, you know, they, they have plans for Superman, uh, but I don't know how many of them involve Henry Cavill. Yeah. That said, I am a hundred percent convinced that we'll see Henry Cavill in Flash. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that'd be a, it would be very easy to bring him into there. You know, yeah. Whether it's the last time we see him or not, I have no idea, but you know. Okay. All right. Getting back to Batman. Let's get back to Batman. Uh, how did you feel with the choice for the Riddler being the main villain in this movie? Cause obviously we was super for it. And then okay. I was super for it whenever they brought in Paul Dano. I was uh, not very familiar with Paul Dano. Uh, so I'm, this is like, honestly, like I'm really bad with like movie or with like actors and actresses names. So I'm like, I don't even know if I've seen him in anything before. I, I am a Paul Dano fan. Okay. Like vehemently a Paul Dano fan. Um, 
He's in, uh, I mean, he's great in Little Miss Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's great in uh, Looper. He's a side character, but I, I love Looper. I think it's a fantastic movie. Uh, okay. I just kind of gave a quick rundown of the movies that he's been in. The only movie that I've seen besides the Batman is The Girl Next Door, which was. Early. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's the he's the tripod. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was like, okay. All right. I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't remember him from because that movie was so long. You uh, came out so long ago. You uh, should, if you liked the Batman, mm-hmm. he did a movie with Denis Villeneuve called uh, Prisoners okay. with uh, Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaul. Uh, and, um, oh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, uh, can't think of his name. Terrence. Uh, Terrence Howard. Yes. Yeah. Terrence Howard. Uh, and it's very tonally similar to uh to this movie mm-hmm. um except it is 10 times more violent oh, wow. and wow. and probably about 10 times more unsettling and it's wonderful prisoners all right i'll, I'll definitely check that out it sounds awesome it is it is so good um but yeah at paul dano man i'm 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 a fan i like him a lot so uh for honestly legitimately for me the biggest like my my i was more excited to see a matt reeves movie starring robert pattinson and paul dano Mm -hmm. than i was to see a new batman movie uh like the star power was the draw for me yeah, see, I, I enjoyed the star power, but then I always have to check myself and think back to the original cast of Suicide Squad, where it seemed like a slam dunk, right, with everyone that was involved, but then somehow sure. they just. But dude, I, I'll tell you what. Okay. Like, I hate to. I take that back. I really don't hate to clown on Suicide Squad because I actually really like to. It's funny, but uh, it's like picking on your younger cousin who can't defend himself. Mm-hmm. But like people pretend that David Ayer is really good and he's not. He's got one good movie Mm -hmm. and I haven't even seen that movie, but uh, Fury. Like people love Fury. I never saw it. Um, The other thing that he's known for is writing Training Day. And the studio changed his script so much that the finished product can't really even be attributed to him, but it had to be because of, uh, uh, union rules. Mm-hmm. But like David Ayer isn't the guy, you know, he didn't have like, like the star power, like the drawing power that people thought that he had. So like, if they uh, th- that same cast, you know, Will Smith, Margot Robbie, uh, Joel Kinnaman, um, whoever else is in that awful movie. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, really blank. I'm, I'm trying to think of um, a homeboy that plays uh, the Joker. He's my favorite. Um, oh, Jared Leto. <laughs> Jared Leto. Dude, they, they did him dirty. Um, I'll tell you what. I really like Jared Leto as an actor. Mm-hmm. And I know that like, that's like an unpopular thing to say. But like he's been in so many good movies. Yeah, like he's been. I mean, go down the list. Uh, he has a small role in Fight Club, which you know, whatever. It's it's not that big, but like he's pretty good in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Requiem for a Dream. 
uh, Dallas Buyers Club, uh, Blade Runner 2049. Like, yeah, people want to give him people want to give him trouble because he sang in a crappy band for some time. But like, dude's a good actor when he has a good script. Dude, he's about to be Morbius. He's about to turn it around for those Sony villains over there. You know, yeah, he is. He is going to be in that movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was impressed with the lineup for the Batman, but I was just curious to see how they're going to go about the Rid- um, with Riddler. Because um, if you think back, my earliest or not earliest, but my latest memory was from um, what was the the TV show on Fox? Was it Fox? Uh, Gotham. Gotham. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, they got some you know skinny nerdy dude. Uh, he gets yeah. all crazy. I'm like, all right, are, are, are they going to go that route, or is he going to be super goofy? Well, I'm probably going to be that goofy. Like, you know, I'm thinking Jim Carrey. Yeah. Um, but I, I, re- I really like the direction they went because when you first see him, uh, when he's in the mayor's, uh, you know, uh, apartment or home or whatever it is in that yeah. giant building, it's just well, when he's like hidden in the shadow. Yeah, it was like this is like you know just reminding me like some like slasher, uh, you know, uh, villain. And I'm just like, he looks really creepy. And, you know, he's in that mask like the whole time until the very end, which um, which I was thinking too, to the trailer. Oh, they show us him getting caught in the trailer, um, which I thought was pretty funny. But yeah, he's yeah, I thought I thought he was going to get caught like towards the beginning. OK, yeah, I, I thought him and Batman were going to have way more interactions than they did. Um, you know, directly, obviously, like, you know, indirectly with like the the, the riddles and stuff. But uh, it, it, it was crazy because like he looked like, uh, well, in, in costume, he just looked so deranged and definitely scary. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was great. And I think that that's one of the things that like. Why Paul Dano was such a good pick for it, because like the Riddler isn't known for being an intimidating like like he doesn't have an intim- an intimidating figure mm-hmm. um but he uses his like he uses his intellect like that's his strength so to have him basically like be i mean he's he's Paul Dano but then he puts on that costume and that's what makes him scary like he really uh uh plays into the like the psychology of what would make somebody afraid which is interesting because that's what batman does too uh they did a lot to like set up the fact that these two characters were like foils of each other like huge foils to each other not just kind of like he's the bad guy he's the good guy but like to the point where you could almost buy them teaming up if one of them hadn't been the good guy, which is what that's, that's what Riddler's plan is. Riddler sees Batman and he thinks that's me. And he's so convinced that Batman is his partner in all of this, that all the, like his end game is just like, Hey, I'm in Arkham. Now prove yourself by, you know, like you, you proved yourself by, you know, bringing um or you 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 showed that we're allies by uh bringing carmine falcone out into the light so that Mm -hmm. i could kill him now seal the deal break me out and let's do this thing that we're destined to do and i thought that that was i i loved that aspect of it that he thought that he and batman 
like he he saw a kindred spirit in batman not like he didn't he didn't think that they were on opposite ends essentially he didn't think that he was the bad guy or he didn't think that that batman was the good guy and how is it that he was the only one to piece uh, piece it together that bruce wayne is batman he doesn't but he's okay go ahead because because in that scene where i'm um, there in arkham and he's uh, you know he, he keeps repeating bruce wayne bruce wayne yeah and then obviously and then, he, okay. and then batman gives that look like oh shoot he figured it out mm-hmm. and we're like supposed to be like oh, he figured it out and then uh riddler says we almost got him talking about bruce wayne Okay, see, I thought he was talking about like, uh, see, and this is me thinking that uh, he looks at them, you know, as two separate people, but he still knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman, if that makes sense. I I suppose there is always that possibility, but Mm -hmm. with, you know, with, uh, you know, this this movie, surprisingly, uh, borrowed a few elements from the Hush Mm -hmm. storyline. I saw that. And, and spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't read hush but it's also been out since you know for 22 years so uh uh have you read hush oh no but i know that they pulled from it because i I did some research do you do you do you care if i no no, go go ahead let's do it i'm I'm actually about to uh, do uh, a deep dive back into batman because i've kind of fallen away from dc comics but uh one of my favorite writers, Trip Zdarsky, you know, made uh, announced that he's going to be writing Batman. Coming back to Batman, which yep. I called, I called it, and my the guys at my comic shop were just like, I don't think that's going to happen. I was just like, it is, it's yeah. going to happen. But Great writer. Um, yeah, his Daredevil is awesome, dude. Uh, but, um, I found out about him because of uh, Sex Criminals, and yeah, and he was doing another book at the same time. But I was like, I don't really think that's for me. It was like way more like uh, cartoony, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was like super popular. Uh, it was probably Howard the Duck. Um, no, it, it was an indie. Uh, God, I, I, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I can't remember, but yeah, I I have all the sex criminals, uh, which I'm very excited about. Uh, thank you, um, Eric, a friend from the comic shop. He uh, had the foresight to like hoard a bunch of copies of like one and two, like the first like ten issues. And when I got into sex criminals, it was like you know probably like in the teens. And um, this guy was like, I don't even care about those comics here, and he brought me like all like the first ten for free. I'm, that's, I think that's awesome. Yeah. That's, Sex Criminals is that's a wonderful book. Yeah, you know what's funny is like I have like all the X-rated variants, but I never opened them because I'm just like, oh, this I, have, look- I have a couple of them that mm-hmm. I've come across. Uh, I didn't mean that to sound like a dirty joke. <laughs> uh, but. Anybody who's read Sex Criminals understands why that's a joke. Um, but yeah, I've got a I've got a few of them, um, and I I have opened them because some of them like. You know, some of them were uh, some of them were signed or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of, you know, randomly inserted them into bags. Uh, I also like don't have the full series, so like I kind of don't care about like keeping them in the bags because I'll probably just like eventually get trades yeah. for the whole story. But I, I would love a hardcover of Sex Criminals. They have, yeah, that the, the the Sex Criminals Big Hard Edition. <laughs> Uh, but you mentioned Daredevil. Uh, I remember when they announced that Chip Zdarsky was going to write Daredevil. I was like, ah, oh, how's he going to do? Because uh, you know, at that time, I, I was still fairly new uh, to him as a writer. Uh, but when he took over, amazing job. He could not have done it any better. I was like, I was so pleased. Have you read uh, 
his crime comic Newburn. No, what is that? Great, it's great. Uh, he also did uh, issue seven of Crossover. Damn, you're you're just ready with the Zadarcy books, okay? Uh, I got my Daredevil Woman of Fear. This is just what I picked up this week. It's just been sitting next to me this whole mm. time. No, oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that's all my Zadarsky stuff. Uh, very nice guy too I, I met him a couple of years ago at WonderCon. cannot yeah just everything about him uh, talented at what he does but then also just as a, as a human being that interaction because i've met people at cons who are assholes yeah, uh, and and it's just like wow this is such a bummer i never want to meet you again but wow. when i meet where when i met him uh chip zadarsky i was like this is this makes me like him even more i want to support him forever i could tell with i mean i could tell so many stories about meeting creators at conventions who are so nice to me that like it makes me feel bad when they put out something i don't like Mm -hmm. um i mean that's a whole that's a whole conversation on its own uh comic creators are genuinely some of the nicest like creative people i've ever met yeah like Like, they just they're so excited that they get to talk to you about the stuff they've made and I, i love that yeah, there's like two people at the top of my list that I still haven't met that I'm like huge fans of. Um, I like number one, uh, Brian Michael Bendis. I, 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 he's just eluded me. He never comes yeah. out to the West Coast. I think the one time he was scheduled to COVID happens, so he didn't make it out. And then the other is uh, Fiona Staples. I just love her art. Yeah, um, good luck. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I, that, that one's probably never going to happen. But uh, the, 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 the ones for me are like people I will never meet. OK, like who? I'm curious. I mean, like Alan Moore. I'll never meet Alan Moore. He'll never leave his house. Okay, you you gotta go go invade his house. Go ring the doorbell. Oh, he would hate that. He put a curse on me. <laughs> oh. I have an Alan Moore signature um, for like uh, a canceled version of uh, From Hell that was supposed to be reprinted, mm-hmm. um, and like the website never they they just like never got rid of like all these pages that he. Uh, and uh, the artist whose name is escaping me, um, Eddie Campbell. Uh, he and Eddie Campbell never signed, or never they they signed him, and then they just never were able to make uh, this new printing of From Hell. So I just mm. have like a page that he signed. That's awesome, uh, which is kind of cool. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's all. I, there are people like I'd love to meet Neil Gaiman, but I never will. Uh, uh, you know, Jim Lee probably will never meet Jim Lee. Um, but like all the people who are currently working, who I really like, I've, I've met them and mm. I've like had conversations with them and stuff like that. Uh, we talked about Daredevil. I met Mark Wade while he was writing Daredevil. Oh, dude. And, One uh, of the nicest guys. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Um, I met Scott Snyder before he was famous. Dude. Uh, if I told you about the time uh, I met Scott Snyder, it was at WonderCon. It, this was right when New Fifty Two ju- had just came out. Maybe you did, because I feel like we've had this conversation before. Maybe. But- oh, well, I'll, I'll tell it again for people who haven't heard. Uh, we were me and uh, my buddy Mike. Uh, we were at WonderCon, and we had uh, just missed uh, the big DC panel, 
and uh, we had missed his, Scott Snyder's actual um, you know time for signing books. So we're like, fuck it, like let's just go ask. Like the worst he's gonna say is no. So we like walk up, and he did tell me the story. Okay, yeah. yeah. So um, we walked up. We had to kind of like dodge security, and my buddy uh, went up to Scott and was like, hey, can you please sign my Batman books? And he was like, yeah, here, hold my Pepsi. And we're walking with Scott Snyder. My buddy's holding his Pepsi, and Scott's just boom signing his books as we're walking through the main hall. And I'm like. What a nice guy, because he could have easily just said, no, get away, weirdo. Like, I just got off I, this big panel. I have two really good Scott Snyder stories. Okay, I'll I'm tell curious. them really quickly, and I'm then down. we get back to, uh, to the Batman. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, the first one was, so before Scott Snyder, before the New 52, Scott Snyder was doing two things for DC. The first was American Vampire, mm-hmm. um, and then the second was... Uh, um, uh, his run on detective comics, which was collected into the black mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've never read that, it's one of the best Batman stories. Um, and it doesn't have Bruce Wayne. in it. It's, it's when Dick was Batman and it's the best story of Dick Grayson as Batman hands down, like bar none. Um, so, uh, they were doing, uh, at the time, um, Batman, the main Batman title was being done, written and drawn by Tony Daniel. Uh, and I like Tony Daniel a lot. So uh, I was there. I had some stuff to get signed. And they did this. They The only time Scott Snyder was available for signing was at the same time that uh, Tony Daniel was signing. Mm-hmm. So you had these two lines. And the Scott Snyder line is very short because he's nobody yet. I mean, people like had picked up that American vampire was very good, uh, but it was maybe four or five issues in something like that. And black mirror was maybe three issues in, like it was super early into that run and he hadn't made a name for himself on Batman yet. Um, So I'm in the Tony Daniel line, like waiting to get stuff signed and the line, the Scott Snyder line kind of gets capped off even though it's it's not very long and so i was just like shoot i missed it like so i'm just kind of there i get my uh my stuff signed by tony daniel and then uh scott snyder's still there like with a couple people and i kind of like walked past and he's like saw that i had like some of his books and he was just like yo jump come over here who cares about the line you know stuff like that and he starts like signing stuff for all of us and he's like since you guys waited uh check this out i just got these today and he starts showing off like uh one of the most famous pages from black mirror and he's like this is going to be in next month's issue like you know showing it off before it actually got published and uh he was just super super cool about everything he was so excited that like people just cared at all about his stuff and he just sat there and like talked with me and like a few other people for just a couple minutes while he finished up signing everybody's books. Um, the second story is maybe like two years later, this was well, this was into the new 52 at this point. Um, and I was at the same convention C2E2 in Chicago. Uh, and as soon as we got there in early in that day, um, Snyder was at his booth in artist alley and people start kind of swarming him. Um, and I kind of felt bad for the guy, but I was just like, 
he's signing stuff so you know yeah. I'll and see he's like I writing can. like one of the hottest books at the time too yeah i mean like mm-hmm. this was he was doing batman and swamp thing at the same time american vampire was still being published so like he was he was the guy at that point and then uh so i got uh i had him sign like you know my a, a batman book um and then he was just like hey guys i'm really sorry but i have to go do a panel and I'm pretty much done for the rest of the day, but I do have a signing coming up late later in the day. And, and so he, he runs off and uh, at the very end of it, like it's li- literally like the show floor is about to end. He's having his signing and I'm in line and they're telling us, okay, you can only get four things signed by, uh, by him. Uh, and it's him and Sean Murphy at the same time uh sean murphy like it was just announced that he was going to be doing uh american the the mini series that of american vampire that he did with scott snyder um and sean murphy really wasn't like he wasn't a name yet either um so i'm in this line trying to figure out like what batman stuff like what i want to get signed by him because i can only get four books and i'm just like all right i gotta figure this out and I get up, get up to him in the line and I, I, I pick out my four books. I hand it to him and I had like some Sean Murphy stuff and I hand it to him and Scott Snyder just goes like, I saw you earlier today, didn't I? And I was just like, yeah. And he goes, uh, I'm really glad you stuck around. That's really cool. And I was like, that's crazy that like he even remembers me and let alone says something like that. Yeah. But then he just goes like, uh are these the the four like you just want me to sign these four he's like do you have anything else and i was just like um i have every book you've written <laughs> like which at the time was t- was true i had i bought everything that he put out mm-hmm. and uh and he's just like do you have it on you i said yeah and he's just like uh do you want me to sign them and i was like they told me i can only get four and he's just like He's like, pull out another four, go in the back of the line, just go around again. And he was just like, I'll sign. He's like, if you've got it, I'll sign it. And legitimately, like every book that he had put out, including his mini Iron Man series that nobody knows about, I had. Mm -hmm. And uh, I ended up, I was going to go through the line, but the people that I was with were just like, we really want to leave. So I was like, I got, you know what? I'll get him next time. And now he's too famous for me to even be able to yeah, like that. There is to be a next time. But I, I mean, I got my, I'm happy with my two Scott Snyder stories. So I don't ever yeah. really need to no, see him. I love that because it's just like, it, it makes reading their work or like, you know, like looking at, at artwork just like that much more fun. Cause it's like, this is a good person. Yeah. And he is, I mean, I think, he's getting a little burned out, which kind of sucks because Mm. I do really want to support him. He's another, like I said, like when he puts out something I don't like, I kind of feel bad because he's so nice and he's so genuine and he like loves what he's doing and, and it shows, but like his justice league stuff, I I thought was kind of like, um, and I could not, I hated metal and death metal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's where I, I kind of fell off. If I'm being honest, I couldn't stand them. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried Noctera, which he did with uh, Tony Daniel, and I didn't keep up with it. That's the one they kickstarted together. 
but now he's got like all those indie series that he was putting out on comiXology first that are coming into print i don't read digital comics i don't like it so really? like um, i'm gonna read that stuff in print um coming up very soon speaking of scott snyder i'm gonna work this way in back into uh the batman okay uh did not 100 did not expect the plot of zero year to be in this movie and it was uh have you read zero year yeah i i read that when it came out yeah like riddler flooding gotham city to like give it a rebirth Mm -hmm. i did not expect that to happen in this movie and i was so excited when it did uh yeah because because at that point you kind of realize like holy fuck like because normally like there's like a bomb or something that gets diffused they uh you know superhero saves the day but when yeah. but when he, when he goes back and like pulls up the carpet and he's just like fuck there's seven shit like you know seven vans yeah. spread across the city there's no way there's not enough time like it, it's going it, it's going to happen the way that like you know like he got regular people to like kind of take up his cause by explaining to them like yo the billionaires have all this money Whereas, you know, like it felt so poignant. It felt like real frustrations that real people currently would have. Yeah. Um, I thought that was great. But also I thought that there was a cool, like there was a symbolism to it um, because like, let's be real. Like there's that big, that big scene where Batman's like fighting guys and, and, you know, like knocking them out. Uh, they're all in the Riddler outfits mm-hmm. and he's knocking them out, leaving them in the rafters and stuff. But then he gets hit with a shotgun and he falls. Yeah. The Batman who falls in that water is not the same one that comes out. Like there's a real like baptism moment there, which is like one of the easiest uh, metaphors that you can make in a movie, but still like it really worked. Yeah. Uh, that scene, I was like, did he really have to go in the water? Cause couldn't he have just thrown his, uh, you know, I, I call it a battering, but the, the shit from his chest to, to cut the wire. Cause wouldn't it have just worked the same, but yeah, that makes sense for him to have gone into the water and, and come out. Gotta go. But, but also at the same time, like, I mean, what's the, the, the Riddler's plan is called like it's renewal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is renewal, but like rebirth baptisms represent rebirth so not only is batman coming out of the water and realizing he needs to be a new a different batman um but also like gotham is underwater the the whole city it's washed away it's it's washed away gotham you know it's the whole city is getting this baptism that that batman is going through as well and i think that that's I thought that that was a really cool moment. Um, I also thought it was cool. The, the stuff that leads up to that, uh, the guy um, repeating back the I'm vengeance line mm, that, to Batman. That struck a, a chord with Batman when he heard did that. You, did you recognize who that guy is? Was he the guy from earlier when they were at the at the funeral? Yeah. The guy who like talks bad about Bruce Wayne. Mm hmm. Like, you know, you get that clue that like Riddler's words are getting to people. Yeah, he's he's grown a, his own community online, which is like you yeah. know, pretty scary because that, that kind of stuff happens to this day. Yeah. You think about certain TikTokers, YouTubers, they have their own community that if, you know, they're like, hey, go support this uh, thing that I'm invested in. Or, you know, uh, they could easily do something like what the Riddler did in that movie. 
yeah and it's i i i thought that that was a really really cool way to show the one of the one of the two things that i really want well i I guess we can talk about the two things I really wanted from this movie. The first was I did not want Batman to kill anybody. And he doesn't like he, he goes, he, he makes sure not to kill anybody. What about the DA? He didn't kill him. (laughs) He he had a hand in it. He couldn't get the DA to rat or to give up the rat, which is, uh, (laughs) which is very respectable because the guy was so scared. He's much rather get his head blown off and sell out Falcone. Sure. But I mean, it's, you know, he indirectly killed someone. Yeah. We're all indirectly killing somebody right now. If you eat chocolate, you're killing children in in Africa right now. I am. Damn. How? (laughs) Explain this to me. I I, I all chocolate in the that's in the United States is made from slave labor. What? I thought I was eating stuff from Hershey, Pennsylvania, but okay. <laughs> where, do you think, where do you think they get the beans? It's probably more South America than it is Africa. Okay. But. All right, but I I do I, I did enjoy that because there was the um there was a one line uh, it was him and Gordon and Gordon had I, I think it was like a shotgun or a handgun and Batman was like no guns and I'm like. Yeah, people forget that that he's not he's like that's the way you do things. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like mm-hmm. I liked that. Uh, that brings up another thing that I want to talk about too. But uh, so I didn't want Batman to kill anybody okay. at all, and I didn't think they need to make it a big deal. Just you know, make sure that the audience just doesn't see him killing anybody. Yeah, because like it was such a big part of Dark Knight that we don't need to retread it again. But it was totally abandoned in. Batman vs. Superman. Batman vs. Superman that like, you know, and it wasn't brought up again in Justice League because they weren't fighting people. They were fighting parademons. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is because of how much they kept showing how violent he is in the marketing, I wanted them to, I wanted Batman to have like a character arc where he recognizes that like he doesn't have to be violent. Like it seemed like something was going to happen to show him that, like, yo, this brutal attack on on people is not the way to do things. And we got that. We got that from this movie because of the the, the guy the, repeating the, I'm the vengeance, vengeance to him. Yeah. And I've I for me, like the whole movie, I was kind of just like, okay, this is good and I like it, but it's not really what I wanted. Until that line happened, and I was just like, "That's what I wanted. This was this was it. They 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 did the thing I was hoping they would do." Yeah, I I think with that line, it kind of you know it struck that nerve, but then also made him realize because he had that line where like, um, you know, uh, he he wanted to 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 make change in the city, but like what the result was wasn't the change that he was hoping for. So the yeah. fact that he's able to reflect on that. Um, well, he, awesome. he mentions it at the beginning of the movie too. He says like, "I've been doing this two years. Crime is up." And he's just like, why? Why? Well, I mean, it, it it shows people are responding to you. Which, yeah, that was awesome. Um, I I really was curious about that scene because it, it was like, it was just like the one time in the movie where he um, was obviously was still hurt from that shotgun blast to the chest. Uh, Selena Kyle is about to get poked up and then he pulls out that green serum and injects himself. Dude. 
I mean, you know, there's 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 a big back and forth on that right now. Like people talking about some people say that's a nod to Venom and some people say that that's a nod that's that it's just adrenaline. Uh, I don't think it would have been green if it was just adrenaline. Yeah, I thought uh, it was just I, too convenient to be green of all colors. And and I think that like there are many people who are going to look at that and immediately like associate Venom with Bane uh-huh. because you know that's a thing that's a thing that's closely associated with Bane. Yeah, but uh, Venom does not originate with Bane. Uh, Venom was around in the comics uh, quite a few years before uh, uh, Bane was even a character. Bane didn't debut until 1993. And I think Venom, the the Venom storyline is from uh, like 1990 or something like that, 1991. Uh, It was in the uh, uh, Legends of the Dark Knight uh, comic series. And... uh, yeah, it's like um, that story is about Batman getting, uh, you know, taking this new drug that makes him more energetic, makes him stronger and makes him able to endure more so that he can be a more effective crime fighter. But then he becomes too dependent upon it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that would be a, a really cool spot like to take to take this version of Batman. Yeah, because if you look, he had a designated spot in his suit to inject yeah. that. It wasn't just like, all right, let's stick it in my arm or my neck. It's like, no, yeah, he had it. that in, little flap. Yeah, he's like, boom, this is. Yeah, so th- that and then you saw it. He he pounced on that guy. Was <laughs> he would have beat that guy to death if it wasn't for you know, you know Gordon uh, to, to come in and, and stop him. Yeah. Uh, so that that to me that that was just really interesting. But it, it was just like it was such a little part that people could just oh, whatever you know, and like not even really think about it. But to me, that just caught my eye. I was like, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah it's. I mean, Tim. If that wasn't supposed to be at least some kind of acknowledgement, like an Easter egg of some kind related to Venom, it wouldn't have been green. That's. Yeah, I, that's I, that's my stance on it. I hundred percent agree. Uh, I think uh, I, I said earlier I wanted to uh, come back to to something, which okay. was uh, talking about the Gordon relationship. All right, uh, which again, it feels like a movie that has. It feels like the sequel to another movie. Okay, um, and I think the Gordon relationship is one of the ways that that really shines. Um, Jeffrey Wright, I don't know if it was written in the script for him to do this or if he just did it because it felt natural. Um, But the way that he talked to Batman so casually did so much for their like selling the fact that they're supposed to have this relationship that we don't get to see built up. Uh Um, Like how he keeps he keeps being like, uh are we gonna go in there man stuff like that like it's just that that little that little man at the end of sentences does so much for their relationship as a like as the audience i thought i thought that that little stuff like that was just so subtle but effective and it happens throughout the whole movie yeah and i i loved seeing that 
kind of you know how he's like uh hey man you're gonna punch me in the face you know like he clearly like he clearly trusts batman 100%. enough to like to let him do that yeah it, it was cool too for them to establish that very early on because like you know uh when they're walking up on the crime scene of the mayor who had just been murdered and you see Batman walking down that hallway that's lined with, uh, you know, the uh, Gotham Police Department. And you're mm-hmm. just like, huh, this is crazy. Because in all the you know previous movies, like the cops are trying to get him. So for him to comfortably walk down this hallway that's lined with all these officers, you're like, OK, he's him and Gordon have like this. They've already uh, grown to the, uh, to the point where they trust each other enough to have Batman in that setting with no worries. Yeah. But also, I'm I'm a huge fan of that actor uh, Jeffrey Wright because of Westworld. Like, like after I haven't seen Westworld. Oh, dude, it's so good. Like I know, and like for me, and like it, it was very confusing until I had to like do some research and uh, figure out who's who, and then get like do some deep dives, listen to podcasts and stuff to get like all the points and all the little things that tie into make up the story that's going on. But I think it's like one of the best TV shows that's out. Yeah, I need I need to watch it. I need to sit down. And yeah, watch you it. you have HBO, right? So mm-hmm. just just go check it out. Uh, the, the, I think it comes back next year because like the last season aired, but then they're like, yeah, we're gonna take a two year break, then we'll come back, and everybody's just yeah. like, what the hell? But it's like it'll be very awesome when it does come back because it's been yeah two years and just the way that the show ended. Yeah, it, it's such a great story. I'm I'm super into it. But because of that show, I'm a huge fan of. Jeffrey Wright. So when I saw him as uh, you know James Gordon, I'm like, this is so awesome. Yeah, yeah, I need to check it out. Um, the the end where well, pretty much the end. There's the scene where Riddler is so frustrated, and then his uh, you know his neighbor, his, his neighbor in the next hall over, starts speaking to him. Yeah, uh, which people are assuming is Joker. Uh, it it is. Yeah, but they didn't say. But yeah, okay. So Joker's next door talking to him, uh, and I was like, he's like iconic, obviously. So I was like, is he going to come out in the next movie? Like, how are they going to play this out? Because obviously, uh, there's the established villain Riddler who's there, um, and then there's now Joker. But then there's all these other people that he can tap into. Penguins like on the rise. Uh, I just don't want them to get into a situation where there's like too many villains in one movie. So I'm just curious how they're going to like space it out or give certain villains like you know the shine so uh uh matt reeves said basically came out and said we don't really have plans to use joker in the next movie um they kind of just wanted to have some kind of scene that showed like that there's more out there you know Mm -hmm. um that gotham is bigger uh they're actually if if uh he said that they filmed a scene where batman goes and visits the joker in arkham to try to like talk to him and reason with him to like do like the hannibal lecter sort of thing like how do i get this guy uh and uh they they decided to take it out because uh they thought that like maybe it was a little too like it was a little too much um and then they said they also showed a test screening where they took out the uh uh the little scene with um riddler and joker in arkham and they said that something just like 
felt incomplete about it. So when they showed the next test screening with that in, audiences responded more positively. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, they were kind of just like, yeah, we, we, we put it in there because we thought that it would, you know, uh, that it kind of tied things up nicely. Um, but they did say, Matt Reeves did say that scene when Batman, that they filmed with Batman and the Joker uh, is going to come out in some way because they like it so much. So like uh, they'll probably release it online as a deleted scene somewhere. Um, it'll, I'm sure, be on home release. Yeah, because um, I'm a huge fan of the actor that played or plays the Joker. The, yeah, the, the Joker. Yeah. Un- unnamed. Uh, what's what's he called? Like unnamed uh, inmate. That's yeah. what he is in like the. Oh, I, I didn't even know. I, I just saw something where like, oh, this is the guy from uh, uh, um, the Eternals is playing Joker. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah. Barry Keown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just know him from uh, Tenet, not Tenet. Um, what's that? Uh, what's that Nolan movie with the uh, with the World War Two? Dunkirk. That's it. Dunkirk. Yeah. OK. Um, and then, pretty sure he's in that. Yeah. I, I'm actually looking. I, I'm not like super. Enough, I, you know, I'm dropping these movie names, but I, I'm I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. Um, but uh, that last scene with uh, Selena Kyle and Batman, uh, he was he was going in for the kiss, which because because the, the the first two times she kisses him, right, and then uh, the one time he goes for the kiss, she just kind of denies him. She turns him down, which I was like, yeah. damn, dude, they're gonna go their separate ways. I wonder if that. I didn't notice that. So like, I wonder if that's um, their way of showing that like Selena is kind of like using, uh, you know, her, like she kisses him when she wants him to do something. She's just controlling him. She's uh, controlling his his other head. That's that's a Catwoman thing. So like, you know, she, she, but the if there's one thing like one major plot point that i just didn't i wasn't on board with uh i didn't think that they developed it correctly it's like the romance between the two uh i didn't buy it at all um yeah i i didn't buy it but i was okay with it because i know that there's history there you know that yeah that, that's i mean that's kind of how i feel like obviously if it's gonna be if you're gonna have those two characters it's gonna happen but like it just didn't feel like it was earned in this movie. Uh-huh. And uh, and that kind of bummed me out because I wanted to have higher emotional stakes there. Um, but, you know, she's going off presumably, uh, presumably if they're, you know, since they, they borrowed so much from the long Halloween, then they're also going to uh, be borrowing stuff from when in Rome. So she's going off to Italy to, to, find out more about her connection to uh carmine falcone now with these batman movies uh there isn't like a like a real like robin presence Uh, are you okay with that or would you like like at least a little bit i i want to see robin um i'm okay if they don't do it because i know that that's like kind of a hard thing to pull off in movies where you're trying so hard to make everything seem grounded uh-huh. um but i think that they could do it and uh i would like to see that i would i would very much like to see 
Robin introduced in the next movie. Um, Cause, yeah, cause I don't think it would be like too much cause it'd be nice to, to, cause you know, Robin's his side, his sidekick and he's been around for so long. Every like, you, you know, Batman, you know, Robin as well. It's not like they're gonna yeah. be having to try to sell us on who this new sidekick is. I just think, um, I would like to see him come in at some point, but I don't know if, if it's going to be his time. Yeah. I think it'd be great. And I, I, I want to see Robin as like a younger kid. I don't want to see, you know, like Chris O'Donnell or something like that, you know? <laughs> and, but then it gets to like the, the question, like which like Robin do you want to see? I, I think, I mean, it, it, it only makes sense to do Dick Grayson like first, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't really see the need to do any of the other ones. I think you like, do, I guess. I think you'd have to do a lot to get to the other ones. Cause I like, mean, cause I really like Damien. He's a, he's a little prick, but, yeah. but he's also badass too. Damien is like, I mean, this Batman is too young to for anybody to like even and even if he's not young, he's young looking mm-hmm. um, to have like a son who would be old enough to do any Robin stuff. Um, but I think like, you know, they definitely set up that Batman has those certain like kind of feelings towards children you know like in this movie where like he's he's he wants to be so protective of uh the mayor's son um he's constantly like watching like when he sees that kid he's like watching him Mm -hmm. um so he has that like seeing himself in that kid moment that easily like if he saw you know the next the next movie he's in the he's at the circus uh you know doing the playboy billionaire thing because now he's in the public eye uh and you know tony zuko kills the flying graysons yeah sure i mean i i i would buy it that he would like grab you know he would grab richard and 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 take him home with him and be like listen this is what's going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to give you the tools to get over this because I'm over it. And then we find out he's not over it. He was never over it the whole time. With the success of the Batman, obviously it shows that DC can make a, a great comic book movie. At any point in the future, do you think uh, a Robin, a Batgirl, Batwoman, could ever make it to the big screen and have success like Batman? I mean, yeah, it's possible for sure. Um, all of all of them are good characters. Um, have you seen uh, Teen Titans go to the movies? No, I've never seen that. Uh, so the plot of Teen Titans go to the movies is that Robin is mad that they haven't made a movie about him yet. Okay. Uh, that's it's It's just funny that you like bring that up because like that's the plot of that movie uh i gotta check it out that that sounds funny it's really funny it's actually really good Mm -hmm. uh yeah the plot is that like 
Robin is so mad. Like he goes to see the newest Batman movie and uh, uh, he keeps waiting in the trailers for like, oh, they're going to announce a movie about me. But it's like, we're going to do a movie. You know, like the first trailer is like a movie about Batman, uh, like another Batman movie. Then the next one is about Alfred. And then the, the next one is just an origin story for the Batmobile. And Robin keeps being like, why aren't they doing a movie about me? That's um, it's, it's good. But yeah, I mean, like you could do those characters for sure. It's just a matter of like, you know, marketing it correctly and making a good movie. That's, that's what you need. They have the Batgirl movie that's being made for HBO Max right now. And I think that, you know, that'll be cool. But it kind of sucks that they're not putting that effort into the big screen. Who would you want out of those? Or maybe, um, what's the other guy? I, I keep forgetting his name. He's, he's the, the yellow suit. Um, oh, the signal? No, no. Um, he, he's the rich guy, too. Uh, I can't think of his rich. name. Rich guy, yellow suit, Batman character? Yeah, yeah. Why am I tripping out? Hold on. Uh, uh, Tim Fox. Is that his name, Tim Fox? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, he, yeah, like like uh, Lucius Fox's kid. Yeah. Um, Batwing. Yeah, that, that's the person that, that I forgot to name as well. That I could see... That could eventually grow to you know popularity and have a shot on the big screen, or do some crazy, um, and I you know here we go here we go comparing it to Marvel, do like some Avengers type but bat like centered movie. I think that'd be pretty. I mean, I think it, I think it'd be super cool to do a bat family movie mm-hmm. of some kind. Um, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know that it's going to be like Robert Pattinson as Batman in it. I would imagine probably not, but mm-hmm. uh, why not? <laughs> just keep him as Batman till he till he dies. Mostly just because, like, you know, these these movies take X number of years to be made, so he's got to be that character for so long, which means he's missing out on other opportunities. Um, so, which which is like that's why they only make them for so you know keep keep actors for so long um just, just keep him happy just give us two trilogies and i'll be satisfied yeah two that's not too much or should we just go three <laughs> doing nine movies <laughs> yeah look at vin what, diesel's doing... done it huh vin diesel fast and the furious he's he's going on like i think they're gonna have like 11 movies by the time they're done with that yeah i mean you know vin diesel's uh he's in high demand right now so is he? No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just okay. All right, I'm. We're getting towards the end here. But where do you rank this in your top Batman movies? If I if I had to rank it, which I like ranking things. I don't know if you knew that about me, but I really like ranking things. Okay, and, and this is just live action Batman movies. So I know there's all this animated yeah, stuff. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. Uh, Dark Knight is still on top for me. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah, I love Dark Knight so much. Um, I think these two movies are pretty incomparable, besides the fact that like they are they star versions of the same character. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, Dark Knight like is such a special movie. 
like there's some ineffable quality about Dark Knight that like I showed Dark Knight in my film class this year um, to essentially a group of teenagers who had never seen it before. Uh, you know, many of them, many of them had never seen it. That's weird. Um, and those who had later told me that they never saw the whole thing. So like when it was over, everybody, like you could feel everybody in that room kind of being like, oh, we just watched something really special. You know, mm -hmm. it was very similar to when I saw it in the theater the first time. And like there was that collective like the whole audience is just like, yeah, we just watched something really important. Um, and I, I think that you cannot separate that from Dark Knight. It's Dark Dark Knight is a an American cultural icon. Like it it it's a it's a milestone, not just in movies, but like in American pop culture. The same way that like you know, The Force Awakens may make a lot of money. And I think The Force Awakens is very good. But do I think it's better than the original Star Wars? You know? No. Okay, so Dark Knight, no. number one. Dark Knight's number one. Um, I also want to go on record. I think The Last Jedi is incredible, and uh, anyone who listens to this is welcome to come fight me over it. So, <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's 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 my Star Wars opinion. Uh, uh, number two, I'm gonna put Batman Begins. Um, and I don't know if that's just because I've lived with Batman Begins for so long mm -hmm. that like I've been able to pick it apart and really like pay attention to what that movie does so well um and then number three uh, uh, the batman okay so i think it's uh better than dark knight rises i don't know that it's better than batman begins or dark knight i think it's like for me like interchangeable like one or two i thought rewatch dark knight it's been a while when when Batman or when the Batman was done, I didn't have the same feeling as when I finished. Like when I finished Dark Knight, it was like. When I first of all, when I went to see Dark Knight, I wasn't a huge Batman fan. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of like didn't have any expectations. I had seen Batman Begins and I didn't really remember liking it that much. I just remember thinking like, oh, it was a fine movie. Um, but when I saw Dark Knight, I went not even knowing that I was going to see Dark Knight that night. Um, I went to a midnight showing uh, when it came out and just happened to like get lucky and, and find tickets, you know. Uh, and I went with a group of friends and I remember like the, the place was packed. I mean, everybody was laughing and joking and stuff and kind of like there was, you know, this very, you know, celebratory feeling in the air of just like, oh, it's cool. Yeah, it's a Thursday. We're seeing a movie at midnight. This doesn't happen all the time because like back then that didn't happen all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, when the Joker does 
the pencil trick, that celebration feeling went out of the room. And it suddenly was just like, oh, we're watching something important. And when it was done, my entire theater was silent until the credits were done rolling. And then everybody just got up and and left. And it like, legitimately that to this day, that is my favorite movie going experience because it felt like everybody in that theater collectively like experienced a transformation. Everyone who went in that night we had our lives before we saw dark night mm-hmm. and then and then after you know and i can't think of a movie that has done that to me since i saw star wars the first time that's crazy i i, like, I think back to when i saw the dark night with some friends we, we were there like the like premiere and we had ordered uh, domino's pizza to the theater because like that theater was chill and like you could bring like outside food in so literally this guy like came and delivered us like this battering pizza from domino's and it was like the craziest thing. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, when this one was done, it was just like, oh, I just saw a really good Batman movie. You know, like that's how I felt. Um, I didn't have that. And, 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 you know, like that's not the fault of the movie yeah. at all. It's just, you know, how things have changed in my life. Now I went in expecting a really good Batman movie. Mm-hmm. You weren't I, surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went in and also, you know, I'm older. I, like part of my job now is to teach people how to watch film from a critical lens. So like when I'm watching movies, I do that, you know, I know more about how movies are made. I know more about how, like what makes a good movie and stuff like that versus just going in and like this incredible film is put in front of me and I have to, just experience it, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that's not a fault of definitely not a fault of, of the movie at all. Um, unfortunately every movie that comes, every Batman movie that comes post dark Knight is going to get compared to dark Knight. And yeah, that's like the standard, right? I mean, you know, we're talking for my money. That's still the greatest superhero movie ever have you seen iron man i love iron man (laughs) i love iron man i argue iron man's the best superhero movie it's you know iron man is very good i I still hold iron man in very high regard in the mcu Mm -hmm. um and a lot of it has to do with because it was first and it really sets the tone you know and 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 stuff like that um you know hey uh Iron Man had the bad luck of coming out two months before Dark Knight. And when Dark Knight hit, nobody was talking about Iron Man anymore. Very true. But, but Drew, this has been so awesome. Way better than I had imagined. I'm happy to have you back on the podcast. We As should you, do you this again. Chance, you give me a chance to talk about comic books or movies or music, and I'll take it. All right. I, I got a, you. Before you before you get out of here, can you tell me uh, what's been what 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 hardcore or hardcore adjacent releases have been put out this year so far that you really like? 
I saw your tweet about that, right? And I was thinking, I'm like, he, he tweeted this in January. There's not a whole lot that has come out in January. I'm pretty sure you tweeted that in January, if I remember correctly. Or maybe it was fe- like middle of February. It was, it was, this was like two weeks ago. Really? Okay, maybe it was February then. Jeez. Um, uh, see, and, and that's rough, too, because not a whole lot of um, stuff that I can think of that, that had that has come out. Because a lot of things came out like late 2021. Yeah. Cause, yeah, because no, because I I did see your tweet and I was thinking about it too, and I was like, "Geez, that's a tough one." What the hell has come? I really, I really think this is this is this is the stuff that I've liked that people okay. like because I don't know why. I don't know if it's just like not being in a band anymore mm-hmm. or uh, or what, but like it just feels like I'm not seeing anything. You know, I'm I'm not being exposed to people talking about bands, and when I am, you know, it's it's everybody loves turnstile right yeah. now and and you know rightfully so um i personally am not a fan but i mm. think what they're doing is very important uh i and i think what they're doing is uh is deserved um but uh it seemed like everybody was just talking about turnstile so i didn't hear anybody talking about anything else um the the inclination single i i've I'm still on board with inclination. Oh, I think. see, I, I thought you were just asking full records because I, I didn't count that. I case. just want anything. Like, uh, I do like uh, the new Dead Last. Oh, dude, amazing! Like that's like, I, I wish I could fly to New York like next week to, to to see their record release. Um, I'm giving I'm giving Anxious a chance. That that was one record, and not because those are my friends, but that album, Little Greenhouse, it's, it's awesome. Not not a style of music that I generally listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I I'm giving it a chance. Uh, you know, Vane just dropped their new record, which is pretty insane. Yeah, I'm I I don't like that style of of like. I don't know. I guess you call it metalcore, um, like that that chaotic. You know, like I I don't like converge mm-hmm. at all. I get it. I understand it. I, I I understand why people like it, and I have immense respect for it. But it just doesn't do anything for me. Um, and so, like Vane, uh, yeah, I, I I I'm happy for them. I think they're I think they're cool people. Uh, I booked Vane in their first show in St. Louis um, a, right before they blew up, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, I was I, I I loved watching them play, but music you know musically it's not it's not yeah it's just me. not for you no that's fine. Um, uh, and on end put out yeah they just put out, uh, they put out a new song they have a new mm, EP coming yeah. out at the end of the week, and uh, I think it's at the end of this week it's on the 16th, um, and it's that first song is a banger yeah but like other than that i mean i have like i've got this list this this list of stuff that's been released this year and you know there's other stuff on it but for the most part like that's the only those are the only things that are really jumping out at me mm-hmm. yeah so ask ask that question again and like halfway through the year where more stuff has been like actually released you have a little more time um, yeah I like to listen to it as it comes out because you know mm-hmm. I like I like I went through a period of time when I was only listening to the same five records every single day and not only did that 
make me feel incredibly alienated from like a genre of music that I love, but it also kind of made me start resenting records that I really liked. Cause it was just like, Oh shoot, I got to listen to this again, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, and I don't want to do that. So, well, here, l- l- let me make it easy. Do you have Spotify? I do. Yeah. All right. Let me send. I- I'm going to send you the link once we're off air. I do this monthly playlist. It's the best music going on in hardcore. Um, it's, it's a little bit of everything. Check it out. Um, there has to be at least yeah, one thing on there that you like. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll send you that. It's, uh, I, I update it every month. Um, I actually haven't updated this month. It's going to happen in the next week or two. I'm just waiting for, for some new music to draw, but it's 15 tracks every month. I'll send it to you. Um, and I, there has to be at least one new band on there that you'll like. I don't know. I, I don't like a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, well, I am. I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Yeah, it's yeah. it's you know there there are no bands coming through St. Louis right now. Um, you got to change that. Um, one of your uh, uh, one one of your friends uh, DM me uh to to check out their new music and. Uh, I feel bad that I haven't yet because I've been really busy. Hold on. Uh, I'm sure that that was Dave. Uh, oh. Was it Squint? Was it Squint? Hold on. I, I'm going through my DMs right now. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to find. Uh, was it Squint? Yes. Yes, it was. Uh, but, it, but it was Brennan who reached out. Shout out. Brennan. Yeah. So Dave, uh, who played guitar in Time and Pressure, mm-hmm. uh, that's his new band. Okay. Uh, it's It's sick. Yeah. So, it's it's really good. It sounds like uh like drug church, um, yeah. And people love drug church, so yeah. Um, so but like touring bands aren't coming through here, so it's just like well, you know, since uh, I don't want to say his name uh, left. Somebody has to you say his name. His name's <laughs> James, and he you know. Shout out James. I'm salty at James, and I get it that he's with his family. But I would have liked to have seen him. Oh, because he visited California without. Did, yeah, you know, I I got some people, uh, you know, reaching out. Hey, James from Cleveland is in town, and I I, I reached out because you know people were telling me that he was in town because I really like James. I I made the effort to to um, see him on his time. Right, I was like, I'll meet you in Disneyland. I'll meet you wherever, but just you know didn't want to meet which is fine i get it. he's with his family um but it just kind of uh just reminded me not everyone's going to be my best friend so uh i mean james james is really protective when it comes to his family so mm-hmm. like you know he like that's when he's with his family that's their time mm-hmm. and like i get that i totally i totally understand that um i you know i it I will never have anything bad to say about James, uh, you know, even, even, uh, admittedly, we talked about this earlier cause you asked how he was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't talked to James in a month. Uh, it kind of seems like he's, he's not my friend anymore. Um, and that's his prerogative, whatever, uh, that bums me out, but I'll never have anything bad to say about him. He's always been, you know, uh, a good friend to me. And if we're just not friends anymore, then, Hey, I got, 11 good years out of it but i i hope he hears this and has a, a change of heart because i i mean he won't 
but you know, because I I did ask because I I obviously like I, I I'm not really that salty at James, uh, but I know you're not. Uh, but I am curious to know how he's but doing. When, when you when you said you know you don't want to say his name, I know why you were saying that. It's you know I I again I will never have anything mm. bad to say about James. James gave me. It sounds like we're he's like my ex girlfriend or something. <laughs> James was there for some of the best times of my life, and mm. he is responsible for some of the best times of my life and i can never be mad about him uh i you know the 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 time that uh the time that we had as friends together uh means so much to me um you know if 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 i was in a room right now and somebody was bad talking james I, I, I would immediately shut that down and just be like, yo, don't, uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, just cause somebody like stops being friends with you doesn't mean that they're a bad person. Yeah. And honestly, that was like a, a big reason why I asked you how, um, you and James are, because I always thought of you as a pair. That's why it was always important for me to have both of you on at the same time. Uh, when you guys were on the past few times to talk about time and pressure, because I enjoyed your chemistry and it, it did bum me out when uh, you told me about the current situation with him, because that just like, you know, like you, you saw my reaction before we started recording. I, I was definitely surprised to, to hear um, that you guys weren't on speaking terms. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we're not on speaking terms, just like we just haven't spoken, I guess. Well, um, James, if you hear this get back to drew don't you know don't let it go away you know what this is it's because whenever we first started hanging out he always told me he loved me and i never said it back damn that's what it is someone will always say it so many times before they get sick of it drew you know that's uh that's 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 hard language for me to use that's fair i i remember unless unless you're unless you're a girl who's just not any good for me (laughs) In which case I'll say it the second day. Oh man, this girl wanted to fly out to California to see me. And I remember she had texted me and she was like, Hey, I'm about to buy my flight. I have to ask you a question. And I'm like, yeah, what's up? She's like, do you love me? And I was like, yo, I'm going to be honest. I don't <laughs> because I've never met you. I could say I love you and lie, but I would feel like, you know, pretty messed up. I was like, how about you fly out here and we figure it out? And she's like, no, if you don't love me, I'm not going out there. Then I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I have to tell the truth. I don't love you. So if that stops you from buying your ticket, that's fine. We'll figure it out. It's wild, man. Yeah. No, but, but, but I get it. Cause I'm not the type to just throw it around because yeah, uh, no, you know. it's, it's yeah. Well, I, I, I do hope you and James speak again. Me, me too. I would very much like that. Yeah. James, I'm, uh, I'm, I've known James a long time. Yeah. Uh, I expect that if we if he does reach out to me, it will be a long time from now. Well, the line of communication will stay open for James as long as possible. Always. All right. Well, Drew, this is awesome. Okay, no, you'll be back. Uh, what's next? Is it Aquaman or is it Black Adam first or Flash? I don't even know. Let me pull up the calendar. I don't, I don't know. I mean, as far as like, are you talking like just DC movies or like comic movies? DC. Um, 
I think the next one is uh, Black Adam in July. July. Uh, yeah, July 29th, 2022 is the scheduled release date as far as we know. Yeah. And then uh, Aqua uh, Flash is... November 4th. November. Aquaman is December. Mm-hmm. Mid-December. And then Shazam is uh, in January. All right. Well, come back in July. Hopefully we have a James update. Let's talk about Black Adam. This is fun. Yeah. I'm uh I I I'll, you give me a reason to talk, man. I'll talk. Uh to all I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do the thing that James would always get mad at me about uh since he's not here to stop me. Haha. Uh if you liked the you know talking about this kind of stuff, uh I do uh I talk about this stuff on TikTok. I uh I analyze uh more comics than comic movies um but i get really in depth into comics i talk about um uh like character analysis through different lens like for example the the big thing that i was known for was uh in the months leading up to the election uh the presidential election uh i went through uh 61 videos talking about who different members of the dc universe would have voted for between trump and biden and why um did my best to like really get into who the characters were uh and why they would be voting the way that they were and what issues would be important to them and yada 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 and stuff like that uh, i do a lot of stuff like that i talk about um uh, i have uh, a recurring series in which i talk about uh the literary techniques uh that are unique to watchmen and why watchmen is such a special book um, I'm going to be starting probably later this year in the summer, um, uh, a, uh, a series on the political influences and the political messaging of, uh, Dark Knight Returns, uh, the, the, the Frank Miller Batman book that changed Batman forever. Um, so, uh, that's the kind of stuff that I do. And then I also just kind of goof around. I talk about other stuff too, but, uh, if, Anybody listening to this wants to follow me on TikTok, you can. Uh, the uh, the username is Drew X Deficit. The X is silent. Uh, you got to respect those X's, bro. Uh, deficit for those who can't spell because you have a predominantly hardcore uh, listening base. Uh, I assume Deficit is spelled D E F I C I T. So there you go. And to uh, bring up TikTok, I told you last time that I was going to follow you, but I was having issues with my TikTok. I got my official username back, so I will follow. <laughs> I will finally follow you on TikTok. All right. um, you'll be like my second follow or maybe my third follow. I can't remember, um, but that's awesome. Uh, I I have one tic- TikTok up, so when I follow you, go follow or go watch my TikTok. It's uh, it's not of me, but it's just it's pretty cool. Shout out New Jersey Hardcore. Um, right, I will. Uh, Anything uh, else before we go? Um, I have a thing that I can't talk about yet. Okay. <laughs> that I'm working on. That when I can talk about it, um, I won't shut up about it. Okay. So uh, if, if it's, it's a pretty big deal. So 
Um, it's a creative project that I'm working on. Uh, anybody who follows me, you know, you'll you'll get to learn about it first. That's all I'll say. Okay. And whenever you can speak about it, uh, come back on the podcast. I want to hear all about I, it. When I can talk about it, I will not shut up about it. Okay. Well, I'm... They will, they will put it on my gravestone. Okay. Well, the door is always open for you, Drew. I, I appreciate you being so kind um, in our time, uh, you know, being friends. So I, I appreciate it. Um, and hopefully uh, we'll have you back on sooner than later. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me again. I will come on anytime. Uh, now that my one friend decided he didn't want to be my friend, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't got much going on. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to try my best to get in his ear and don't do that. Don't. <laughs> we'll figure it out. He, he's going to hear it. He'll hear this. He'll hear this because he's going to be curious. So shout out James, shout out Cleveland. Fuck Tom Hanks for not representing Cleveland Whoa. like he should. He does not rep Cleveland. Uh, but thank you everybody for tuning in. We appreciate all of you. Goodbye. <laughs>